that shit. <laughs> Real life shit. Let's go. Zoe, girl, I'm glad you found me today. Hey, unicorn. There you go, girl. Yes, we try to touch. Reach out and touch somebody for me. You know what? <laughs> That's right. I'm Diane. Mm-hmm. Diane, you listen to our podcast. Let us know. Okay. All right, let's get it. Yo, 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 what up, though? Welcome back to the HBCU Fuck as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Kyle McClenney, a.k.a. Rolling in the City. And I want to give appreciation to my co-host, um, oh. just because of the Joe Budden stuff that's going on. That's why I just want to show love to my co-host. So, uh, let me just have my co-host introduce themselves. Let me see who got in here tonight. What, what it with the world? It's AGH here again on the podcast. What's going on, y'all? Hey, Age, it's Sam. You know Sam here every single time. Rain, sleep, snow, or sunshine. I try to make that right. Everybody. <laughs> but you know, it's your boy Sam. Uh, I'm here. And um, I appreciate the leader showing some appreciation. Okay, thank you. <laughs> appreciation. That's oh, it. Yeah. Just want to let y'all know if we make it, like, y'all, like, we making it. It's not going to be no just one person, all that stuff. They got to take all of us. But that's that's the difference. That's the HBCU difference because we a family. Right. Did he go to an HBCU? Who? Joe but please. No. Joe Button. I don't, even, I don't I don't he didn't even go to college. Did he even go to college? Know, I, I, didn't I, college? I don't think oh. he went to college. Did you even yeah, go to like, Is he college material? Like I don't know. I like, think only HBCU near there is Delaware State, and I think he might have frequent there as an artist, maybe. But Dale State know. or Howard. Most New York people go to them too. Yeah. Dale State or Howard. It's time to go down to Virginia Union, where my mom went, down in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they stay on the East Coast in that little area. And in the building tonight, we have a close... Well, we got Zoe, too. What up, Zoe? I'm sorry. No! <laughs> you like, let it be known, okay? I'm sorry, Zoe. Go ahead, speak up. Hey, Zoe. What's going on? Zoe. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Right. Cheers. Oh, she'll talk when she's ready. <laughs> but yeah, just know we got baby Zoe in the building. And we got uh, my sister, for real. Uh, this is someone I came in with my freshman year. Someone hey. that has soared and done a lot at Kentucky State University. That's um, right. I'm going to let her run. I'll let her run down her credentials and everything as she finished that wine. I got my sister, Brittany U. Underwood. Hey, you. Well, how's it going? What's up? Oh my god, I'm so happy to be here. I really am. I'm pouring some more wine, so if y'all hear something, that's what the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> let let them know what you're drinking on, girl. Listen, okay, so I'm drinking on this Earl fucking Steven. Uh oh, that's 40. 40. 40 water, 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 water. Listen, okay. this shit is 14 percent. Um, 14 percent, 14.8. It's the red blend, so you know, I'm feeling mighty fine right now. Um, but I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to see y'all. I miss y'all. I love y'all. Um, Brittany you from K-State with my, my bros and my sands. Um, saxophone, you know what I'm saying? TBS, Ego Trip, you know what I'm saying? Um, MMT, you know what I'm saying? So... 
I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy for the invite, Kyle. Um, I'm happy to just be talking shit with y'all today because this is what we used to do all day. All day, day, every day. So it's just a reunion for real. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. (laughs) And little 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 degrees that you got and everything, because I like to expose black excellence on this podcast. Yes, girl. What's the course looking like? Okay, so I got, of course, I went to K State, got my undergrad in psychology with a minor in criminal justice. Mm. And then I got my, um, I went to Grand Valley for my grad school. And um, I got my master's in education and higher education. Okay. So yeah, so I'm 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 an admissions recruiter right now at a two year college, super super blessed. You know, of course, my HBCU paved the way for me to be here right now. So you know, I couldn't. I mean, this was the experience. You know what I'm saying? This experience that I had in my HBCU with y'all and band is where I am now. You know, it got me to the point that I'm here now. So super blessed. Amen. So. I'm happy BU is here. That's this is my dog, y'all. I'm talking about when it's time for me to cut up, and uh, I know I need to sit next to somebody. <laughs> this is the person I find <laughs> to sit next to because I know. Listen, we go tag teams. <laughs> Listen, when we was in Gallenberg, when I was asking like, where the fuck is Sam? As soon as they said Sam was touching the dough. Got the Julio ready for this thing. I'm like, all right, ready. come on, run it downstairs. He was like, what's this? I'm like, just drink it. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Hick, let's let's go. Hick 08. You just drink what I tell you to drink. You know what I'm saying? This is my nigga. I okay. love I love Sam. I love Asia. I love Kyle. I'm so glad to be here, y'all. We love yes, you y'all. too, girl. Thank you for joining us. It's a family sure. reunion for the listeners. Just like always. Always. <laughs> so quick story, real quick. So I remember I think I first met you, Brittany. Online, <laughs> I met you online before we went to K State, and I met you through uh Lamar. So oh, Lamar, yeah, whoa, that name. All right, so I think <laughs> I okay. So this this I remember this because he kept uh I guess he was just adding people in the KSU network that was going there in that freshman year and all stuff. Mm-hmm. So he kept saying like, yeah, it's this girl named Brittany You from Detroit. Like, yeah, she's put uh she plays saxophone. She's in a band and stuff. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's what's up. So. When I first met you, I I recognized you and everything. So, but I'm like, you had a whole different energy with you and everything. I'm like, oh, this is the energy I can match and everything. So, like, <laughs> I'm just saying all that to say, like, you still have that same energy. And for people that know you and get to know you, know you come with a a, a good energy, a good vibe, and all that stuff. So that's one thing Always. I love about you. Like, you always have that good vibe, good energy. It's never a dead moment around you. I appreciate that. Like, okay, so I can match your story. So I remember when I was at K-State, you was like the first group, huge Ron, um, Wally. Y'all was the first group that I fucked with at K-State. We used to go to breakfast every morning at Cupid. Ron used to get mad for what we don't know. We used to fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was like the first group of friends that I really fucked with, and I appreciated that because... You know, it just felt good to be able to kind of get your little clique together, get your little group together when you first get to college. You know, you knew you don't know people for real. Yeah. So, you know, I always fuck with y'all. Always. Yeah, it, it's like that ever since, like, from day one. That's what it just felt like, and that's what it is for real. Facts. Facts. But all right, let's get into the show a little bit. Let's get into our HBCU of the week, which is going to be Hampton University. 
the other HU or the real HU if you go there. Is it the real HU? <laughs> that is a question though. Let's get let's get it's that out the way. Let's get that question out the way. Which, it's a battle who, who do y'all rock with? Personally. Howard. I'm Howard. I'm Howard. I mean, Howard is like the easy choice though. I'm gonna go Hampton to, to be the non popular choice. I mean I got yeah, people with the Hampton. Like... I currently got a little cousin that's in the um in the band there playing snare drum. Shout out to Miles. Okay. And, uh, okay, big shout out. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, uh Hampton the band program is, is growing extensively. They making a name for themselves. Uh they just charted uh Kappa Kappa Psi this year, twenty twenty. Okay. So awesome. uh, you know, that's an organization back, that I'm in. Right? I'm always rapping. And, and finally, uh, you know, they started off as Hampton Institute. Mm. It wasn't always just Hampton University. So right. Howard, I, I got we got to give Howard. I mean, just talking. I give Howard the real HU. But you know, <laughs> from Virginia, yeah, that's where I was born, <clears throat> and uh, now I got family ties. So um, I'm gonna go with Hampton on this one. The Pirates. All right. <laughs> Right, I don't they even know nothing about their mascots or nothing. I mean, yeah. I feel like Howard's the easy choice. Like, yeah. but Felicia Rashad did just become Dean at Howard, so right. it's right. like. But I've been that way girl. before then. I've been that way before then. So like, I know she might bring a good following with her and everything. But like, I've always yeah. been Howard. But um, well, you know, Howard I don't know. I think it's just more because Howard been more publicized. Yeah, Howard's That's a true. Everybody always wants to go to a Howard homecoming. I mean. You know, it's um it's a prestigious institute. It's part of the Black Ivy League. Uh, yeah, it is. It, so, it's a show. Is you know, I mean, so it's Hampton. I'm a I'm a root for the underdog and say yeah. Hampton, man, because everybody got Howard. Like yeah. Hampton needs some people to vo- to root for them too. <laughs> so they're gonna be the real issue for me. But I will say you this: Hampton is just as prestigious. Hampton has mm-hmm. always been Hampton. Yeah. Um, is uh you know the another private school in Virginia. Um, and those who come out that I know who personally went to Hampton from um, the people I worked with early um, mm-hmm. in Detroit to uh, you know family members they've all come out and been successful uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Tierra who's a member of Ego Trip who I met from Hampton she was a dancer there she's now um, is a practicing dentist so um, you know um, those That's people I know who went came That's from dope. Hampton have um, come out and done wonderful things in the world just as Howard. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the prestige at both schools are there. Yeah. It's just all about what you like. And, uh, right. Here from Virginia, I'm going to roll with Hampton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I'll say, but for HBCU purposes, I'm going with Howard. Mm-hmm. I got you. Oh. It's fair. It's, it's, you can't really lose. So. Yeah, no. yeah. Y'all know we banned heads. So, at this point, in 2021, right now, I'm going to have to go with Hampton. Okay. I'm gonna have to go look at their band program recently then, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, private schools always have it a little harder when it comes to uh extracurricular activities because they're private and that's not their their je ne sais quoi or <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Got you, got you. you know it's a, it's a lot more expensive to go to a private school than a public school. All the students mm-hmm. and both of them are private, Howard and Hampton, and all the students pay the same tuition no matter what it's ever out of state. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A lot of private schools in the area. You got Hampton Howard, and you also have Virginia Union University. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the public schools are Virginia State, Norfolk State, and um, and so you know private versus public. 
that's a good a good argument that we like to look into at a different time. But uh, whatever. Uh, the real HU, you know, <laughs> again, girl, baby, it's going for Hampton. Hey. And yeah, let's stick on Hampton for HBC of the week. Let's see. Run out a little bit of information. They were founded uh, April 1st, 1868. Their current president. Okay. Current president is Dr. William R. Harvey. They're located in Hampton, Virginia. Um, like Sam said, they're they're the pirates. Um, their colors are reflex blue and white. Reflex their blue. motto. Reflex, reflex blue? blue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that sounds that sound like us. Like these niggas know they just adding shit in the beginning of the fucking <laughs> color. Reflex. Like we hell no yellow and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Okay, go ahead. A motto: the standard of excellence in education for life. Mm. Um. So as of fall of 2020, their head count was for undergrad. It was 3,063. Um, graduates, it was 453 and first time entering freshmen. They had a total of 624. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, a total of 3,516 students, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, 66% of it were women, um, 33 okay. were men. Um, let's see. As of 2020, they graduated about 765 individuals with their bachelor's degree, um, right. and, and 110 were they with their master's degree. Um, shoot, what else? Their sports or their division, if you will, is what division one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're in the MEAC, right? They are in the Big South Conference. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, their tuition average is like to all students is twenty nine thousand. Okay. See, that's that private difference. Everybody mm-hmm. pays. Private can do what the fuck they Every- want with their tuition. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I do know. Um, I mean, they're the pirates. One thing about Hampton and being from Virginia, uh, Hampton is on the on the on the ocean, on the Atlantic Ocean. Um, it's right off the ocean. So that's one of the reasons why they call it the Pirates. Um, okay. It's really close to Norfolk State University. They're all in the same area. I think Norfolk is in Newport, uh, Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fact check that. Don't hold my heart to it. But um, it's it's really all in the same area. And um, But if you want to get closer to the beach, go ahead and pay that private tuition go to Hampton. It's, right. it's one of the most beautiful campuses in the HBCU world. So um, that's one of the difference. Um, you know, Howard is a D.C. It's a that's a city, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, Hampton is um, has the the uh, pluses of having the, the beautiful Virginia landscape and being on the coast. So yeah, I can only damn. Have, I'm gonna have to visit. That yeah. sounds tempting. Having a beach access, yeah. you feel me? Right. Mm-hmm. Damn, uh, BCC man, the John Kirkman down there in Daytona Beach. So. Mm-hmm. You know. And Sam, you uh, lived in Virginia. I got a question. So, like, do they get all the four seasons? Like, is it all four of the seasons? Um, absolutely. Okay. Uh, 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 they have good weather, decent weather. Um, the thing is, so they get all four of the seasons, and they get the bad parts too, like big snowstorms if it happens to come that way. And then it's on the coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coastal uh, cities come hurricanes. 
good thing it's mm-hmm. not close to the deep south like Florida, but mm-hmm. um, you know, hurricanes if they revved up enough and they're going up the coast, mm-hmm. Virginia will get hit. Okay. So yeah. But um honestly, beautiful place. Uh speaking of seasons, one of the best places to drive through the central to south of uh of the east coast is uh the fall. Um, I'm just saying to drive through those mountains and things and see the leaves and the different changes of color is is a sight to see. So, yeah, you know, one of my favorite times going to Virginia. And I see that Wanda Sykes went to Hampton University. Sykes, um, I like her. She's dope. Yeah, she's funny yeah. as hell. Um, <laughs> and she DJ. Had a show, uh, that new show with Mike Epps and uh oh the up oh, show yeah. I was just watching that shit today. <laughs> Man, I just watched the first episode. I need to go back and watch it. But yeah, the Upshaws is some real black shit. I mean, it's really <laughs> corny, but the situations is some real black family shit. Okay. So I, I enjoyed it. It is. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. DJ Envy. Okay. Yeah, he repped that shit probably. <laughs> he get into that HUB all the time, so I know he reps that shit probably. And yep. Rick Mahorn from the Detroit Pistons, Bad Boys. Oh yeah. Uh, nah, nah. You know what? I, I think this is an HBCU podcast. I just do that one for Detroit. Detroit you Pistons know. don't get enough respect as a franchise as being the award winners that they are. Cause y'all still exactly. mad at the bad boys 20, 30 years later. It don't matter. Yeah. Well, I need to get out your feelings and get these Detroit Pistons and Rick Mahorn their respect. Mm-hmm. And this Thank is somebody who's born in Virginia but raised in Detroit. 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 <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, this ain't HBC related, but uh, shout out to Ben Wallace for uh, getting the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. That's where Ben Wallace came from. Undrafted. Virginia Union University oh, in the shit. same place that we're talking about. Okay. That's right. Shout out to the Virginia Union University Panthers. My mother and my father are graduates of there. So by product, I am a product of that university. I've been to their homecomings just as much as I've been to mine growing up in the 80s. My mama is a Delta there. Shout out to the Betty Epsilon chapter. And my father is a member of the CIAA championship team from the early 80s. And he played football and defensively in number 66. Sam, Big Conrad Thompson. Okay, Come on. So, right. So, talk shit then. Let these That's right. <laughs> Let these motherfuckers know. We need to get him on the damn That's podcast. Like, I'm an HBCU. I'm a product of an HBCU. I ain't want to go nowhere else for the HBCU. And um, you know, that's that's what it is. And we're talking about Virginia schools now. That's where I was born at. I just came from Virginia. Not even a week ago today. That's what's up. Shout out to my granny. Eighty. Uh, uh, uh. So Shout out, to Celebrate her, and um, you know. Happy birthday. I appreciate the HBCUs in Virginia because they allow my family to exceed and excel, and we where we are today. So. Thanks. Uh, yeah, let me get off my little rant here, but y'all know we talking about Hampton. Right. <laughs> no, that's but no, we just went everywhere for a second, but that was needed though. <laughs> It definitely was. So Hampton's marching know. band is uh, called The Force. The Force. The Force. They're a force to be reckoned with, huh? Shout out to the percussion squad and Miles, who is now a member. 
Um, can't remember in the fall of 2019. I know 2020 was a little crazy for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, um, they managed to uh, start their inaugural chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi in 2020. And uh, we are looking forward to what the force has to offer. I mean, they have done nothing but great things. They traveled um, internationally to participate in um, parades and things across in Europe mm-hmm. over the they last brought, year. Yeah, they brought Barack in at the inauguration parade. Awesome, awesome. That was wonderful mm-hmm. to be a representative for Virginia in an inauguration parade. Like I said, it's Virginia Union, Virginia State, um, Norfolk, all in the mix down there. And, um, you know, for them to be chosen was definitely um, I'm almost to congratulate. So congratulations to y'all for that. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Kudos, right. kudos. And speaking of their band, we're going to get over to our HBCU bands do a better segment. We're going get, to get to one of Hampton University's Hampton University's <coughs> force uh, songs. Let's uh, see what I pull up. Listen, let's be honest though. Like, Hennessy is not good with shit. Hennessy is not good with shit. It cut through everything. (laughs) Hennessy good with Coke. Absolutely the fuck not. I drink Hennessy with Pepsi. Well, yeah. Okay. A dark dark, uh, beverage. Yeah, I think Hennessy go good. I think it matched with the dark. You feel me? I I would prefer not to. I I like Crown over Hennessy. See, and I can't do Crown for real. I like Crown over Hennessy. We'll see. I do crime over Hennessy, but now I'm trying to become a bourbon drinker because bourbon is the... Listen, because that's that's what we drink over here. So let's get into our first topic. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about post-school, after graduation, after your first, second, or third year. Uh, if, if you did summer school, if you were in programs where you did training, uh, even if you worked on campus. Uh, let's talk about like them type of stories. That, like What was that life like if you experienced any of that at all? Hell yeah! Well, the I biggest thing to all of it. That <laughs> I want to say is part the part that I missed in my collegiate experience that probably I don't think was they offered it, but it wasn't hit over the head enough. Was internships? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Let's come let's talk about it. Talk about um, it. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, K State Psych Department has grown in, in the symbiosis, which I was a part of it. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and they have a graduate program now, and they have, as I was leaving, they have they were getting professors who were wanting to be invested in and postgraduate what our what our students want to do. But in my prom, though, we had a bunch of old men who were who weren't invested. They were old. They like we gonna get you through the school, or whatever. So um, when I when I got done with school, I and I seen my peers who had interned with this company build relationships with other companies who had done these internships throughout the summer, starting in junior junior year. And they had mm-hmm. all these job offers. Uh, I got jealous. I did because it wasn't something that was um, I presented in a way that made it seem like that I had to have happen or this is one of the first It really is important because those internships and things like that often lead to your first employment when you get your degree because you build those relationships. Right, and I got a question real quick. So, and I'm just going to ask it for like listeners that may be in college currently. Um, Mm -hmm. When should they be looking into those internships should it be after the first year should it immediately be? okay first immediately. year first year first like year you know for sure what you want to get into or if you just want to get experience in the field before you have to declare a major you definitely want to intern okay. um i'm in the field of in the in intellectual disabilities and uh, behaviors and that's because that's where i worked at where i was in college and um honestly uh, I didn't have an internship, but because of the relationship I built as that going to be my employer, that's why I stuck in the field after college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I closed uh, down, what am I trying to say? I didn't have as many opportunities as I should have because I didn't step outside of that world. Now, I'm appreciative of everything I've gotten and learned in that world, and I'm still in this world today, mm-hmm. but I did it more as of I'm in college, I'm a college student, I'm in need, I need to get into, I need to get a job. And it ended up being an internship situation for myself. But when I was in school, I was really um, interested in industrial and organizational psychology, which is business psychology. The people who tell you to use red in your marketing because red makes people hungry. Or the people who look at your workforce and say your workforce is not happy to get more productivity out of your people who you're working, you need to do X, Y, and Z. That's where my passion lies. Mm-hmm. But because I didn't do any of those things, an undergrad, get internships in businesses that um, deal with um, industrial and organizational psychology, I defaulted into what I was already in because when I got out of college, the only opportunities were for the places that had been pre-graduation. Okay, so it's very important to get those experience from day one. Okay, especially if you know your career path and you know exactly what you want to be. If you want to be a doctor, you need to start doing working in little small clinics, intern Mm -hmm. here, intern there. My sister um, was on a pre-med track when she went to the University of Michigan. So she did spend her internships traveling to South Dakota and helping uh, people who uh, can get medical care traditionally on interview reservations. So um, and that in turn led her to different opportunities. I mean, that opens the doors for different work opportunities, different mm-hmm. scholarship opportunities, especially based in those fields. And then just networking and relationships. Those people, those internships are the ones who want people who want to write your first letters of recommendation. And you need those for graduate hey. school. You need those for um, 
employment in some cases. And um, the internship part of just being matriculating through college was not something, it's something that is definitely focused on in the PWI. I mean, people walk, they panic about it. They say, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's my second year. I don't have an internship in my field. What am I going to do? Be- um, that is not something that I see that is all, well, at Kentucky State University, that's my experience. That right. was not something that the psychology department at that time was focusing on. But as I was leaving in my last year, I can say it was a change. I, I saw my professors bringing in uh, people from different graduate schools to talk to us, letting us know what we need to do in order to get, gradu- to get into those schools or to work professionally with a bachelor's and also go to school. Like that started happening a little late in my career. So I didn't get to um, jump on those opportunities as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Thank God I built my relationship with the um, individuals with developmental disabilities post-graduation because 20 years later, oh my God. No. <laughs> 10 years later sorry <laughs> 10 years later i'm still working in the same field but i have almost um 14 going on 15 years of experience because i started right when i was an undergrad okay so that, those internships in those fields and everything count as experience it goes on your resume so i mean it sounds minute and petty now but when you're in the final um draw for a job mm-hmm. and you can put down that you have 15 years of experience because you started when you were underground as an intern whether than somebody who oh got into this field after they, they went to undergrad decided they want to do something they only have eight years of experience and you've done the same thing it matters mm-hmm. you know and sometimes that is a decision making factor oh well this person has been doing this since they well before they graduated college right versus this person, well, they graduated college, had to find themselves, you know what I'm saying? So it's um, the internship aspect of um, or is very important. And that's something that I wished um, was focused on in my um, tenure at K-State in the psychology department in the beginning. Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Yeah, the internship aspect is not well, like you said, Sam, my experience at K-State, I don't know if this was an HBCU culture or mm-hmm. maybe because our school is a smaller school, mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot of resources that like a Howard or, you know, a Jackson State might have mm-hmm. um, internships as well as co-ops. I know a lot of people don't even know about co-ops, which stands right. for cooperative education. And that's when you can go to school um, and work simultaneously you know that builds experience you know what i'm saying that builds experience that will set you apart by the time you graduate and those co-ops are three hour full classes you know exactly they Mm -hmm. they take the place of a class they're most of them are paid um you know what i'm saying some internships may not be paid which is like that's olden times but it's a bummer yeah yeah for sure but that all of that experience is super important. Um, it helps you to kind of figure out if this is the path you want to take in your career. Um, you know, you do get that experience, like Sam, so you get those recommendations that you were you're wanting. You you're able to come out. You know, if you start doing internships and co-ops your freshman year, you have four years of experience coming out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You already have those connections. You already established someplace. You know, at a um, 
you know, a job or things like that. So company, all of that is super important. Yeah. Because, I mean, overall, with I started when I was an undergrad in the field of intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still in the field. And, you know, they count that, the stuff I did in college. It's a part mm-hmm. of my tenure, you know. So now, even though I'm only 36, I have 15, 16 years of experience in this field, you know, mm-hmm. and and that and that weighs a lot when it comes to you, if you're the final person, you know, that you're trying to pick a position for, or you know, it definitely weighs in your experience. I mean, interns, yeah. we all know, for people coming in at the basic level or entry level, you get the grunt work, you get right. the work that somebody else want to do. Mm-hmm. So you build that experience from nothing to. And, and you're going to learn and you want to be able to take that experience to any other job in any other place or any other setting, you know, whether mm-hmm. you decide to stay in that field or not, you still, it's a piece of that, that internship or that employment that has given you education that you can take on to be successful right. and wherever you decide to go. So, um, you know, internships, early education, or definitely if you're lucky enough to, like myself, to be able to be employed in the entry level position and or the college is definitely important. Yeah, and I feel like that it also eliminates a lot of like post graduation, like not knowing what you want to do. You yes, know, yes. I feel like with my in my experience, like I got my degree in psychology. I didn't have a, I didn't do any internships, so I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I just got the degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ended up, you know what I'm saying? I ended up taking um a couple of gap years before I went to um grad school because I realized I wanted to go to grad school, but I didn't even know what the fuck I wanted to go for. But being able to have those internships and have that experience will help you to at least decide if you wanted to go, if you are in the right program, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you would, you probably will come out and, you know, graduate with a job already handed to you because you've already done the work for as many years as you've done it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like a lot cool. of students don't have that experience. They they no. come out and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I should do. You know, and me personally, I feel that because I've watched you, Brittany, and a lot of my peers. I mean, every one of my peers who graduated with me in psychology that went on went to graduate school immediately, mm-hmm. and they they're all like therapists or because I went to, I was in the psych program too, therapists mm-hmm. or um, you know we have Antoinette who was our our star of our class in 2011. Mm-hmm. Who is a PhD now? Mm-hmm. You know, um, she's Doctor Antoinette Mallet. And um, the thing is, I didn't rush to grad school because I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. Thanks. It wasn't, you know, many of them went to grad school right after undergrad because that's what they promote in our in our department. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, and I was one of the few who went directly into the workforce. Workforce, and mm-hmm. um, I'm just now ready. I literally just now and, you know, 10 years later decided, okay, I want to be a therapist in my next move. I need to go get my MSW and that's going to open the doors I need to do. So, I mean, it took 10 years though. You know what I'm saying? To me, for me to figure that out. I mean, I was, thank God I was blessed to stay. Um, what I do right now is I'm an operations manager of a long-term care facility mm-hmm. for individuals with intellectual disabilities. So we take care of them 24-7. Um, that's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's it's 24-7. Every day, we deal with somebody's life. So every day, something can go wrong. Um, right. uh, I, I definitely appreciate it. I mean, this is what I've been trying to do over all these years. 
But now it took me, you know, it took burnout for me to sit down and say, what do I need to do next to get to the next level? You know, Mm -hmm. I was okay with just having my bachelor's and not pursuing anything um, on the graduate level. But if you're a psych major, they gonna tell you, they say they they keep it real. One thing they did was keep it real. Right. You gotta go to grad school or go directly in the workforce. You're not gonna do much with this psychology degree in the field of psychology with just a bachelor's. Right. So they definitely they kept it real. Shit. Mm-hmm. They, that part they kept real. But um, it was on me and me having a lack of interns and internships and things of that nature. It took a long time for me to focus on what exactly I wanted to do next. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate the opportunities that I have. It has grown me to get to this point. And um, being in the field that I'm in now, it has allowed me to deal with therapists. It has allowed me to deal with just regular social workers. It allowed me to deal with people who are um, who work for the state government and local agencies from Medicaid on down to local um, and um, social security and Medicaid offices and job and family mm-hmm. services and things of that nature. So I got the experience and work with different people who started off with me, but decided to go directly to grad school. But it took me 10 years to figure out this is what I want to do next, because I think it was a lack of opportunities for internships in my field study. So, you know, uh, I don't even think we decided to focus on internships on this podcast, but it's an important topic. It's a great topic. No, it's a great, great, like, we don't, is, talk, we don't talk enough about it in our college experience and i also want to congratulate you for making that step sam like we need more black male therapists thank you so So, you know i definitely want to give you a bigs up for that because just like you said it took you a while to even come to that conclusion yeah and you know a lot of us don't get there a lot of people just they don't decide like it's hard to make that decision it's hard to say this is what i need to do and i'm going to do it yeah. So I want to congratulate you for that because well, we thank definitely you. need more people like that. I, I had the opportunity to actually work and be in the field, and mm-hmm. you know, and but still have the time to decide what I want to do on a gradual level. Right. Um, it's become my passion work because I um, I'm on my personal soapbox for a minute, but in this field of intellectual disabilities, and you know, the antiquated term is mental retardation. Um, we don't say that anymore. We buried the retarded word like we did nigga years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, most Black people, and we're talking to HBCU people, and I know my audience, we, we know about people who are retarded, okay? Mm-hmm. Or, retarded is now intellectual disabilities. So that's, I'm putting it out there. Thank so you for gonna, updating us with the, with right. the terminology because yeah. this shit is important. Yeah, intellectual disabilities. So, um what I have learned, and I've worked in Kentucky and many counties, and now that I've transferred to a more corporate setting in Ohio that um, services people throughout the entire state and the surrounding areas, um, and now you know I dealt with one county, now I deal with many. Um, mm-hmm. I have learned and I've seen from Kentucky to Ohio that our African American people are really undereducated under- about how to deal with people who with disabilities in their family. It is a form of shame for Black people. And they put Uncle Joe, like on the movie Soul Food, everybody's seen how they did Uncle Joe. Right. Put him up in the attic. Locked him in the room. The door, yeah. And the Uncle Joe spends his life in the attic. You know what I'm saying? So my passion work 
And the things that I'm going to do now moving forward is I want to do therapy, but I do want to do stay in the field with people with intellectual disabilities. And then I want to educate our Black people to not treat people like Uncle Joe. Get your individuals out of the basement. Stop making it an embarrassment because there are individuals with disabilities from every race, every background, every financial situation and everything. It is all DNA. It has nothing to do with how much money you got. Mm-hmm. We need to take the stigma away from that so we can get those people like Uncle Joe out of the basement and get them the uh, support they need so they can have skills to live on their own. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely, from, listen, I agree. I, I 100, 1000% agree. Like, uh, like Black people as a community, we have to acknowledge that. Yes. That is real. Like, I feel yeah. like a lot of times we don't even acknowledge that mental illness mm. is a real concept that we have to, that we can, like, get under control. Like, it's not yeah. something that you're supposed to just, you know, let I, ride. Like, if right. there's things that can be done to get it under control, like, it's not a bad thing. So, there's yeah. There's so I many undiagnosed Black people that I deal with on a daily basis outside of work. Mm-hmm. And because of my background, I'm like, oh, that, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but you're bipolar and mm-hmm. so you should t- reach out to your doctors and let them know these symptoms that you're having mm-hmm. so that they can help you in the most appropriate way um i realized that i want to do that more professionally so that's why i've now have the spark to go to grad school so i want to be able to help somebody with a treatment plan or help counsel somebody through some situations and things like that i got a question um what population of um people are you what age population are you going to work with you want to work with adults or children or does it matter um it's kind of two a situation i'm dealing with now i have a young adult he just turned 21 um and uh he is kind of in a rock and a hard place because his family abused him and that's why he's in the care of me mm-hmm. but it's his family mm-hmm. so how do you how do you keep that person from their family, especially if they don't have the mental capacity to understand that they were abused? You know, right? because you know, you're fully functioning and you had a background and you've been educated and things of that nature. But this person who has lived that life thinks that is the typical normal life that somebody else would do. Mm-hmm. Filled with abuse, filled mm-hmm. with, um, uh, you know, people take advantage of your situation um, and your understanding and your level of understanding. And it's down to, um, you know, uh, and the, the main culprit, unfortunately, was his mother. Okay. Mm. But as a black man and, and, and men, you know, we regard our mothers in our society on top shelf. So, right. you know, he's dealing with a lot of people who are Caucasian and other ethnicities that don't understand why he can't cut this relationship with his mother, even to his own detriment. And yeah. I get it. And I'm like, well, his mom was the only consistent person in his life, you know. And then unfortunately, she had mental health issues of her own that she was dealing with that weren't diagnosed until she was an adult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, was it abuse? Was Yes. Was it purposeful? Who knows? Because again, she had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So it is always, um, so my goal right now is to be a big brother for those um, I, I want to start two programs, honestly, postgraduate school. Um, one of them being uh, just to educate the Black community and take the stigma away of having a family member with intellectual disabilities, okay? 
I'm in Frankfurt, Kentucky, and I learned this in in my field right after I graduated. There is a place um, that is like the Betty Ford Clinic for individuals with disabilities. Okay, is if you're in Frankfurt, it's behind the bowling alley, but it is it it, it is the the Ritz Carlton for individuals with intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. They have they are private everything. They don't outsource for nothing. Literally, famous athletes send their children there. Um, you know, and um, movie stars send their children to this place to get services and to grow and to live their life without them feeling guilty or whatever. It's almost like a resort. Um, underserved population, especially in Black America, does not know about the life choices or even the services that are offered through the government mm-hmm. their their children or their family members mm-hmm. to a place where they're independent and can have their own lives. Okay, that's what I do. It's really government funded, like literally the, the field that I'm in is Medicaid funded. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not see a lot. I see very few black people in the in the field because in my field because one the stigma, two they let their their loved one be raised in the basement or the attic and never to mm-hmm. be heard from again, and three they don't know about these resources. They really so don't. They don't know that you know little Joey can have a staff with him in an apartment twenty four hours a day working with him helping him become independent and paying his bills, um, keeping up with his household chores and um, living the best life that he can, that you don't have to be there every single day. Like it's literally a government funded program from Kentucky to in every single state. It's Medicaid. Medicaid provides a lot of shit. Like Medicaid provides therapy for free. They'll pick you up. They'll take you to the goddamn place. So we just got to take advantage of that shit then. You know, yes. people, okay. people yes. but that's also that's also the the assumption that people are reading all of the benefits that come with Medicaid. Like people don't know how to read medical yeah. benefits. You know, no. I do because I actually work for a, an insurance exactly. company. You've been trained to do it, like me. Yeah, I don't but think the laws and rules and regulations behind it. But when you get that to a lay person, yeah. right? <laughs> they don't know what the fuck they got. They just like, oh, I got some insurance. Shit, I'm going exactly. to go to the doctor when I need to. The right, fuck? My, my, my field from Kentucky, even in Ohio now, is 120% Medicaid funded. Okay? Mm. And they give you the funding at different levels. Literally, for any individual with disability, you go to your local Medicaid office, you talk to the long-term care, because this is a long-term, this is lifetime. Mm-hmm. You want to get this person long-term care through Medicaid, mm-hmm. and they will help you support in finding all of these situations. Every is mm-hmm. person-centered. Every person will get a different amount of funding for the level of support they need. But if you need 24 hours care, they will give that to you. It's different. Um, it, it does differ by state. However, um, it's available in every state because this is a federal Medicaid situation. Got you. Mm. Yeah. All right, real this quick. Crazy. Real quick, real se- uh not even a segue. We got a a latecomer coming to the to the podcast. Who? Oh. Gonna let them introduce themselves. Me, Lazarus. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
But we got uh, a different uh, nickname every week, right? We got Ron Atkins. <laughs> right. We got Ron Atkins in <laughs> on the line with us. What's up, man? Good morning, Ollie. You missed the speaker. What's up, everybody? Hey, Ron. Greetings and blessings. Look at my daughter. Is that Brittany? You in the building? What's up, baby? Hey, how you doing? I miss you. What? I ain't. I feel like it's been so many years. Oh my god! Okay, don't, don't say it like that. Like it's been like twenty years. Listen, y'all like. know y'all was the first ones that I saw at Kentucky State at the <laughs> Kentucky State University with yeah, your big wide ass wingspan telling us to <laughs> grab it up. <laughs> <laughs> y'all in juvenile. I'm like, why is juvenile on a goddamn podium? Like, oh, and this nigga shit. is getting down with it. Like, who is Not that? Yeah, he like this though. <laughs> <laughs> he did like. Are we like, what is that? Like, is that grab or is we is like, that, I don't know. God. Damn. Shout out to KO. Hey, Ron. What's up, y'all? Shout What's out to KO and your boys. But yeah, we were, um, Ron, since you just jumped in, we just on a, we just kind of just got on our first topic. We were talking about after graduation situations. Um, we just talked about the importance of internships. Um, we also just talking about just, you know, experiences out your first year, uh, summer school, if you stayed around, if you worked on campus, if you did like training on campus, just that type of experience and everything. So, right. So Ryan, now that you're here to join in the conversation, what did you do after you graduated? What was your first job? After I graduated, uh, my first job, that's a good one. Cause I've always been in like hotel management. That's always been like my thing, um, kind of. Um, I'm selling your hotel manager. All right now. Stupid. <laughs> so I was supposed to teach, um, because that was like the, my the last degree that I got was music education, but uh, it just took me to a different direction. God wasn't ready for me to teach yet. Um, but now I'm in the court system, so you know I'm mm. working for district district judges and. Okay. Turn yourself now, so you know. Just kind of elevated me. Yeah, come on, man. Pop your pillow, talk your shit. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, the state court. We expose black court. excellence on this podcast. You know, yeah. period. We're doing it fast, so yeah, that's just that's what I'm doing. But just to um, just touch on the uh, real quick on the interns. If if a job is or something that you're interested in is offering your intern, it is the best thing that you should accept, especially yeah. if it's coming from like an old boss or something like that or something you really want to make, make a career out of, most likely you're probably going to get paid for it. There are some that you won't probably get paid for, but you cannot just give up experience. Yeah. Like you, I would rather walk in the door with experience and then when it's time for you to get hired on, it won't be a battle because mm -hmm. you've already been here. You've been in a phase. You've done the work. And, and I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. So, I mean, yeah. That I completely concur um, and agree. Uh, that's exactly what me and BU said before you jumped yep. on. Mm -hmm. um, and But we also said that, um, you know, that is something that we did not learn how important it was. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That is true. So, that is true. That's this true. is something that, uh, you know, those listeners and things of that nature, once you get your, if you are a current college student or if you are somebody who is supporting a current college student, let them know. This is an important part of uh, the college and getting into your career field. You know, that first milestone mm -hmm. was getting into college. You there. Mm -hmm. Hey, you I, got a, I got a question for y'all. I'm sorry, I'm going back a little bit. But did anybody participate in like the summer bridge program? I was never a part of that. So never heard of it. Any... 
Well, no, he I, didn't I hear of it, but I didn't hear of it with my when I was coming in as a freshman. Until no, like, because it was it was it was really focused on well at our school anyway. It was focused on those individuals who barely met, like almost didn't make the minimum, if you will, of getting into school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they had a low GPA or they had a low test score. Okay. And so yeah. that was their opportunity to pretty much take those, and I hate to say remedial classes, but you know, I guess yeah. the extra help or the extra umph, if you will, before the actual school year started. You no, that makes that sense. I was just asking because I wanted to know the resources that was available. I never participated in it. So I wanted to know if they had some other, like if they told, if they were told about, you know, internships or what resources they were given. Cause they went, they started that the summer before freshman year type shit. Yeah. Cause we're uh, talking about after freshman year, you know, summer and all that stuff. So I was just wanting to know. Thank y'all. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's cool. But that, 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 a lot of HBCUs do that. Um, I applied to many, and um, two of the schools that I applied to, many I got in automatically. Two schools wanted me to go to their bridge program, and it was literally said, you know, you want to accept in a university, however, you want to see how you want to do as a college student. So you had to come mm -hmm. in early. Um, and that was Jackson State University and Clark Atlanta University. Okay. Um, but I chose Kentucky State University, and I got in straight off uh, my high school credentials. So I didn't have to do a summer program other than band camp, um, mm -hmm. but that's what uh, that's what that is predominantly used for now. Kentucky State had two offerings. Though. Um, they also had what was um, through the math and science program. They had a, a an additional institution where it was for those who excelled in those areas and wanted to get an early start. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So also look into your institution and see if they have that available. Um, if you're one mm -hmm. of those people who want to get an early start, don't want to wait till August, but want to take some um, um, some summer school courses. And, you know, here's my warning with summer school, especially if you're a freshman and going in. Mm -hmm. um, it's not really pushed because summer school is an accelerated course. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to do the same amount of coursework that you do in the fall or the spring semesters, but within that June and July period. And yep. it's right end of June, early July. So uh, it is accelerated. So other than if you were coming in to, so to strengthen your college skills, definitely do that if that's an opportunity because it is it, uh, it definitely puts you on a direct path. Um, my sister is a graduate from University of Michigan. Even PWIs do that. She was a part of that crew at University of Michigan where okay. she got accepted, but they wanted to be sure that she could handle the college caseload at that school. So she went to school uh, at the end of June rather than September, like mm -hmm. the rest of her school, because uh, she was a part of that program. So that is something that happens to PWIs and HBCUs. Take advantage of it if you offer that because it just gives you a feel for college. Um, and it does not, um, it gives you a head start um, only way that it can be detrimental is that if you go in and you completely don't be successful. But mm -hmm. they understand that you're from high school for most cases. You're going to get the support that you need to be successful. You just have to follow the program. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because, yeah, like I said, I ain't, I wasn't a part of the summer bridge, but I know that they got to go to school, you know, early mm -hmm. and stuff. So I didn't know what exactly the 
the program consisted of, like what information they was given or what classes they took or anything like that. So thank yeah. you for that. Hey, no but honestly, but honestly for their students, whether you're in high school or college, who had time to do a summer bridge program when you were band I don't know because our band season didn't end until July 4th. Uh, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Even when you were senior, our last performance was July 4th. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Listen. So, Come on, sip, 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 sip. So let, so let me ask this. So um, I did want to open up the floor for our guest. Did you have any HBCU topics, any HBCU thoughts, uh, just anything you want to throw out there real quick before, yeah. before we get off I topic? always ask this. I don't know if, you know, people going to have an answer. So I've always been in search of the best net, okay? I'm going to talk HBCU bands at this point. Okay, right. so I've always been in search of the best arrangement of neck. Okay, okay. and Ooh. I want to know for one, if y'all have been in this search, and for two, if y'all have a band who is your favorite arrangement of neck. We now, answer this one by one. You said what? I think we should answer this one by one. Yeah, for sure, for sure, because this is a very important to me. I don't even think. I don't I, I don't know if I heard this or I had a conversation about this, but like I guess neck as isn't an important arrangement like right now in band world as it was when we was in band and before that. So like it's yeah. still pretty important to me. Yeah. But I just wanna know. That's my that's my topic for right now. I might come up with some more later, but that might what be is y'all favorite arrangement? What band, what year or whatever, you know, because I got mine, I'm gonna go last though. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Well, I you go ahead. Talk. Okay, so when it comes to the song <clears throat> Talking Out of Sign of Your Neck, which is originally performed by Cameo <laughs> and adapted into the HBC world in many different ways with many different arrangements, um, I have two to mention. Um, the first and the foremost and the, um, all y'all need to bow down to Southern University um, arrangement of Meg in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, Brittany, you was with me. You was with me. I was about to say, you got to hear it in person. And me and BU and a few other of our friends went to Jackson State versus Southern in, I think, 2013, 20-something. 20, 20, 20 2012, I think. 2012. 2012. 20, yeah. And, um, no, it was 2013 because I'm a J-State fan. And, um, I know what Jay says was dancing at you. All right. So uh, it was 2013. Um, and again, I said I was a Jay State fan. But when Southern marched in that stadium and we were sitting on Southern side and we all hot, hot, hot and drunk. Exactly. Because <laughs> we started taking at 9 o'clock that morning. And this, we had the afternoon heat. In and, that ghetto ass know, hotel. In that ghetto ass hotel. Jay State. You know, I came, I was tired, they playing, they came, they played their school song, which we came to play. But Southern's first song was met. And when that beat dropped, I never felt nothing like it from another band. I'm talking about the whole that whole side of the stadium knew what was they was gonna play first. It is like their second school song. Like they got their alma mater, they got their school fight song, but the third song in a row is they're talking out the side of their net. And when I heard that, whoa. Whoa, like when they went off, 
Like I still got them vibes. I said, oh, okay, they got the best making history. <laughs> I I became an SU student. I literally got up and ran next to them in the stands and started chatting with Jay Say. You know, I you traveled did. with Jay <laughs> You like, did. I that neck was the most memorable neck that I've ever been a part of. Um, and when they play it, y'all, you you feel every note in your the insides. Hmm. Okay. And I and you know, just like I went to an HBCU, we got our starting school songs today. And uh, we play it a hundred thousand times. I'm pretty sure that seven people play it a hundred thousand times, but they play it with meaning every time. Mm-hmm. And they know. They know. If they're going to play it for 30 seconds or 40 seconds, it's live. So Lit. that's my choice. That's my school. They ain't got the most uh, creative neck in the world because it's been created through arranger. Mm-hmm. I mean, different arrangers get creative, mixing in different songs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But um, theirs is pretty straightforward. Um, and it gets the job. Now, number two is um, I got to give a shout out to KO Arrangements because um, Kentucky State University has had multiple nets depending on what band director it was. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to say out that KO Arrangements was my favorite because with that interlude of uh, that that Outcast song, the Southern Playalistic um, that we have at the end, I still don't think another neck beats. You know, people try to Rap neck in with other songs, maybe they school mm-hmm. songs, right. or they have a different flow because we all mm-hmm. playing it. Mm-hmm. That how that song just slid in in the middle out of nowhere. Like I feel it, I felt it. You know mm-hmm. when it's done right. Um, I don't like the end it. but the rest of the song is <laughs> my jam. So um, yeah, those are my top two. Okay, well. Um... I switch between two. I have a top two, um, but I think overall it depends on the day, really. So I go Jackson State. Um, I like their arrangement. I've listened to it um, on like very uh, like studios, not say studio speakers, but you know like a studio type setup, theater type setup, and try to mm-hmm. get that that in person feel. But I know in person, mm-hmm. I do want to I do want to see both of those, a Jackson and Southern, and and compare the two. So mm-hmm. um, I like. Jackson, and then I like Alabama State's um, arrangement. Um, I think it's really just a certain year. I think that was like 2009. Yeah. That, I that like, year. I'm about to say that year. I don't know. That like year. Lately, I haven't heard any recent arrangements, but I say 2009 year, that was a good year. Um, Jackson State, every year. I, can, I love that arrangement and everything. So I'm going to go Jackson State. Only reason, because when I turn it up, I feel like – when you when they say understood the assignment, they understood that shit. <laughs> oh, Jack. Hey. I mean, that's oh. only played neck because of Southern, but I'm gonna leave it there. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it's probably gonna sound repetitive for me, but uh, I've never okay. Obviously, before college. I really wasn't a neck fan like that. And I'm just mm-hmm. keeping it real. It, it was okay, but it wasn't. I had to be actually in it and playing it for me to be like, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. wasn't, that didn't do nothing for me really during my high school and middle, all, all that kind of stuff. But 
once I came, of course, I came to K-State and started learning different necks, like Sam said, depending on the band director you're under. But uh, KO has always been such a gifted and creative arranger. And most people don't give a lot of props to arrangers. Mm-hmm. Now, because I'm used to K-State's arrangement, I do like it a lot. And I do think it's one of the top, at least top three in the mm-hmm. HBCU world. Not I've because heard- I went there, but it, I do believe it's, it's one of the top three. Now, I don't know if they still play it, but when people We got to find it, some was, links to that. Yeah. We got to expose that. We got to find some links to that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Sam, Southern definitely gets that. That's a game. That's how you get the game started. Well, That's how you get the game started well, and ended. Well, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do after that. You maybe you want to run back to the bedroom and try to I'm going to play them at the end of this episode. I'm going to play them. After that intro, I'll be trying to play too. But I play French horn for anybody who want to know. I'm going to play the horn, the horn, and F, whatever you want to call it. But after that, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been ready to look at a sousaphone, bro. I didn't even know them two notes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess you would top two. I would probably say, like everybody else, probably K State and Southern. But I do like Jackson State as well too. I, I mean, everybody can play next. Everybody can play next. So, yep. and I don't mean to just hear the sound. I'm not saying this to sound funny or throw any shade or anything. I just Jackson State's neck is not memorable to me. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I remember Alabama State. I remember Southern, mm-hmm. and um. I just do not remember Jackson State. I know they played it. I've heard it. Mm-hmm. I know it's in their book, but I don't. It's not something that it didn't resonate with me. Like, whew. yeah, I got. I get what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For some people, I remember. I definitely remember Alabama States. I remember. Definitely uh, remember. Definitely. Yeah, my my so, favorite man. my favorite got got to be Alabama State. The original, okay. though, not that bullshit they're playing now. Like, they play a different arrangement now. I was like, what the fuck is this? The one from, like, 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you that yeah. little pause. You're like, oh, shit. These niggas still do it. You know? You don't know what the fuck is about to happen. You know what I'm saying? That shit is perfection. Like, one of my goals is to, like, go to the different um classics Magic so that City I can hear, like, I started it with Sam. Like, we went to um the boombox classic yeah you know, i still want to go to the bayou classic yeah. you know all the classics See you we back on yeah. we back on yeah. we have to do this after covid we have to yeah, we got to we got to but alabama I mean, original yeah. arrangement not that shit they play or not it exactly. went hard it went too fucking hard like i don't even understand like what can you why, do after why that would they change it uh, exactly the pile exactly. because i like I'm no, Palm Bluff shit went hard too. I, it was really close. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. Brittany, I give you that. I give you like, that. After Southern Palm Bluff, it's probably my Palm Bluff and ASU is running a hard second. I like, I mean, because what I like about Palm Bluffs is obviously their school loves the song Neck too. They have a whole little routine to it, so it's a whole. You know the whole with the band turn to the left to the right. Yeah, and those, a vibe. Like, they got the like, whole situation going. It's a going. whole vibe. You know what I'm saying? And then and they groove with it too. So um, a lot of people like Southern is the only school that I like that speeds neck up. You would you listen to the original cameo version? Who are the mm-hmm. originators of the song? Um, 
Pine Bluff kind of plays it at that tempo, at that vibe. And I really enjoy that too. Pine, um, Southern speeds it up and they did first. So every school who speeds it up is kind of fighting off of Southern a little bit because the tempo mm-hmm. of the song is really, really, it's, it's a slow song. It's it's a, it's a groovy ass tempo. Yeah. It's not no shit you can really speed to. Speed up. Yeah. The Southern speeds it up because that's good for their tradition and what they do. Um, but I do like Pine Bluff. They keep it in the groove and um, they have an enjoyable neck too. So I got a question. Where did this um this conversation come from? Did you okay. did, did you just spark this up or did like have you heard it? Like is it a really uh, No, so I so I don't know who I was with. You know I was with some K State niggas. You know how we get. <laughs> and we was look, you know, we you know be watching vibes. band clips. You know, niggas watch band clips when they high, when they drunk, when they loud. And we just got on this conversation about who got the best neck. Like, who got the best neck? Like, legit. So we started listening to all of them. Like, all the schools, including K-State. K-State got a legit-ass neck. No lie, for real. But it was kind of an organic conversation that I we were having. I can't even remember who I was with. I, you know, I was drunk. You know what I'm saying? But it was a kind of an organic conversation about who got the best neck. Now, the best arrangement, in my opinion, is not a band, though. It was the Drumline Live version of Neck. If you've never heard that shit, just look up Drumline Live, put in Neck. It's like a they got a few arrangements. So I forgot the first song. I think it's like Cold Hearted Snake or something. Um, but the second song is Neck. That shit is the grooviest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, you like, what the fuck is this shit? You know what I'm saying? But you no, know, it was an organic conversation I was having with some K State yeah. people. I mean, and like, we just start watching all the clips. I'm just curious. For me, Jack, like right. Jackson State is not a next school. Some schools, no. Like Jackson, no. Let me tell you what Jackson. Um, yeah, I'm a Jackson old school Jackson fan. Jackson mm-hmm. got the '90s songs on lock. I, if a song came out in the '90s mm-hmm. in that fucking uh, Motown Philly, uh, what they call that era, that. Uh, that Didn't new, they play new, that Joe that song? We was at Yeah, the new Jack yeah. Swing. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that new Jack Swing era. If it's a new Jack Swing song, y'all might as well just go ahead and pass on Jackson State because I promise you, they got they they have they have figured out anything that happens in the nineties, bro. I promise you that they get they get my vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I mean, they got it. They got it. Certain songs, they they just got it. That's just them. Okay. Um, Zoom. Okay. Uh, uh, Motown Philly. Since I brought it up, yeah, they played all mm-hmm. of that, and shoot, I, it's just the way that their band is set up the tradition and the keys that they play in. It's just something about when Jackson State gets a hold of a new Jack Swing song, they tear it up. Yeah, they tear it up. Southern can handle it too. They 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 are the jukebox for a reason. But when it comes to that era, I always prefer Jackson. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Well, let's uh let's jump over to our this is not HBC related segment. Uh, this is just where we just jump on anything. Uh, we just get off HBCs for a second, talk about anything going on in the world, anything funny, anything that's on your mind for a second. And the first thing I got a question is, would y'all, which one of y'all rather do dishes or laundry? Dishes. Laundry. Yeah. If I have my own laundry, 
Like, Washington Dryer inside my home? Yes. But when you got to travel to a large amount of some shit, you be ready. That's just irritating. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's irritating. I don't that's care. Bro, even growing up, bro, we had, I mean, you, the basic, uh-uh. No, I could yeah. basic history. <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, well, I'm, 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 I created a whole buy with laundry. Like, when I'm like, laundry, when I'm doing I can find laundry, money. like I'm cleaning. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> a whole situation. Laundry just take all fucking days. Yeah, There's it is time consuming. That's the only thing. To manipulate that time. There's nothing you can I be do. watching TV. I be listening to music. I just, I just yeah. throw it in there. Sometimes I fucking forget that I even did laundry till like the next day. Like, oh shit, all my shit down in the fucking dryer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because because that's laundry day. That's why I can't stand. <laughs> yeah. It's laundry day. I'm like, I can bust a kitchen now in but, 45 minutes. So but there's some, there's some downs to laundry. You talking about washing that big ass comforter and all that? You feel me? Like some of that shit ain't sweet. You feel me? Like, but I mean, I'd rather do that's laundry true. though. But it is, I'd rather do laundry over. Dishes. Well, no, no. I mean, I got a dishwasher, so I'm just really putting dishes in a dishwasher. I mean, that shit is kind of easy. But if yeah, we talk about just scrubbing dishes, no. But growing I'm not up in a black household. But see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, let, let's jump back. Yeah, that's what I'm but saying. No dishwasher. Like, we know, we know, we live good because we like, you know, we single or got one significant other, some shit like that. And you know, Asia has like a mini family, but. Either way, it's small amount of dishes. It ain't nothing heavy. But I'm talking about like back in the day when you grew up, dishes. No, grew absolutely. Up laundry. Now, I'm That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now like, that you said that, now that you said you that. back in high school. I, what I you doing? For the rest of my life. <laughs> I, hey, bro, your, your mom and your, your dad took a big ass dinner and like eight of those is the big ass pots that you know supposed to soak overnight and they want you to scrub them so your damn nails fall off before you go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm talking no. about. I'm talking about that high school. No. Yeah, you no. in high school, you back at home. No, I'm not doing Which no one fucking you doing? dishes. So you do no, laundry? I would rather do laundry. Yeah. Mm-mm. Y'all no. crazy. Mm-mm. I don't care. I, would I put them all, I soak all the pots. I put water in them bitches. I put some dawn in them bitches and leave them home. Like, I'm done. This shit got to soak. I'll get to it some other time. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I bust them down. I bust them down. <laughs> I bust them down. Laundry, <laughs> even to this day, I, I ain't gonna fuck y'all up. Okay, so my, I have a laundry room in my apartment building, and I'm a little, little, uh, I, I don't like my neighbors, and I definitely don't want to share that unit. So I pay somebody to pick my shit up once a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I hate laundry. Hey, that's a, that's a life of luxury right there. That's where, that's where you at. That's how you know we adults. When we could pay my, when I move, I pay for movers. I'm not Man. moving my shit. Go up there, but why? Downstairs, that's where the fuck y'all niggas need to go. I'm not touching shit because I got the money to, to pay for it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's what I worked hard for. Yeah. That's what I worked hard for, exactly. So, no, nah, definitely laundry for me. Yeah, I'm a laundry person. Um, Let's see. I don't know if we talked about this, but I kept seeing this big old uproar about Serena Williams' new look. Was that makeup? Like, did, did y'all see that on social media at all? I did see, see that. And I've seen that, and it definitely was makeup. Yeah, but that's all I like. just, I just feel like it, I feel like it was for a shoot or something, and they're trying to make it more than, than, what, it, than what it is. Yeah, I hate I hated the fact that like that just lets you know like when you that successful they was just waiting on something just to you know the internet just waiting on something just to drag you about and everything so 
I just when I seen it, I seen people just like really saying like she had a makeover, like she really like even the black community. That's what really hurt the most, really. The black community was saying like she just changed her looks and all that stuff. She wasn't proud to be black and all this other shit. So like that shit really like. You talking about Serena Williams? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looked like Edward Scissorhands. I ain't, you try to talk about <laughs> fucking particular and shit. She looked like, if y'all watch ATL with Childish Gambino's show, she looked like that little motherfucker that tried to kill him in the last season. I am like Serena. Serena. We see your black ass daddy and your black ass mama every day. And you trying to come out here like you fucking, um, you, you've been mixed with something or something. I don't know what that is. But uh, I think it was a mistake. I'm going to go ahead and call it to get your gangster as a mistake. You didn't know the lighting was going to make you look like Casper. And um, I'm going to try to charge it to your head and not your heart. But uh, if that was on purpose, you need to rethink that shit. That had to be on purpose because, like, how do photos get out? <laughs> well, you know, makeup artists do stuff different to you. And you don't know exactly. I mean... You know, you don't know exactly what it's gonna look like on camera. Just like when you wear mm-hmm. something black, and then when it flashes, start flashing your see through. You don't know until you in that light. I'm hoping that's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But the pictures did look old, though. I didn't think they were brand new. I mean, I've seen it look like that before. I'm surprised everybody just not saying something like This is the first time she came out here looking like uh, Casper. All right. And my um, other topic, it's kind of HBC related. The importance of pre-gaming. Importance of yeah. pre-gaming? Yeah. Let's it's talk a, about it. Pockets. This is a this is a spiritual connection yes. that black people have. Like this is very important. Go ahead, go no, ahead. No, I'm about to start again. I'll take it out. It's a spiritual connection that black people have before going out. We learn it in the HBC world, you world, but you have to pregame because it kind of outlines the night. You're gonna learn your itinerary for the night. You're gonna learn the rules for the night. You're gonna figure out who you're hanging out with. If you're going to hang out with people who will go to jail, mm-hmm. or if you're hanging out with people who are trying to avoid jail, you can figure mm-hmm. it all out in pre-gaming. It sets um, the vibe for the night. It does set the tone. They set the yeah. vibe and tone. But listen, the, the pre-gaming is, for real, is about the work, the the fellowship of the people that you're going to be with. Like, just like Sam said, like, you're you going to know who you clicking with, who you not. You're going to know what, the pre-gaming is where you determine what kind of liquor you're going to drink that and night. how much. How long you're going to be out. Because, you're going to be like, all right, look, we're going to be out for a couple of hours. We're going to go back here. Who I'm riding with, because that shit is important. You know what I'm saying? And we leave in the premises. Pre-gaming is, is super important to the vibe, because if I don't pre-game before a party or an event, you know, I don't have control over what the fuck is about to happen. I really mm-hmm. fucking don't. You know what I'm saying? So right. It sets the vibe and the mood for the night. It's, yeah, it's definitely a traditional thing. Like, I realized, and this is crazy because I went to a like a PWI for grad school. Mm-hmm. I realized that pregaming is an HBCU thing. Oh, is it? And, and, and the, at least in the in the way that we do it, like I was, I went to a like a party at a you know at my PWI for grad school, but it was you know it was people 
from the grad from the the school in general. You know what I'm saying? Cause we do at K State. Niggas was looking at me strange. I'm like, are we not like getting hyped? Like, are we not drinking? Or are we just sitting around looking stupid? Like, I'm confused. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know at K State, as soon as we walk in, everybody's saying, "Hey, we screaming, we take hey. shots." Exactly. We take shots. We do the band knock. Who at the door? It don't matter. The door is open. It don't Why matter. are you knocking? You know what I'm saying? Like, go in. Ready Who is it? Why you, know you knocking? Come in. Right. They hotbox it in the back. You already know where it is. You know how far door is happening. I'm drinking in the kitchen. I don't even know who kitchen this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's somebody told, told me to come to 808. I'm here. That's what. Oh. That's what's happening. So, pregame is super important. Just you know, it's just the vibes. It's, it really just gives you the tempo of the night. I'm not gonna lie. I still do that till this day. Like even like as a like a person that's not in college no more. That's still like something that has to do. Like oh, we going to eat shit. We going to uh. I guess I didn't realize event. I did that. What'd you say? I, I didn't realize that I did that when I was in K State with this pregame. I, I, mm-hmm. But it's it's a rule. It's a rule. It Sam, is. Do you want Sam? Do you need to turn your camera off for a second? <laughs> um, no, because I think your mother's watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alrighty. But, uh, um, any not HBCU topics y'all got on top of your hand or anything going on in the world that y'all want to talk about? Well, just mine for quickly. Ever since I started working for the district court, our people, not only our people, but just people, humans in general. Guys, just because we're our own Zoom, a lot of people have Zoom meetings and things like that. It's not just for court people. It's for anybody that's conducting meetings over Zoom, Mm -hmm. okay, that you want the world to see or whatever the case may be. You have to conduct yourself in a professional manner as if you were in the courtroom or in this meeting in person. Okay, Just because you're sitting at home doesn't mean that you can smoke a cigarette, that you can roll up, that you can be pouring a shot just because you're sitting at home. Guys, you don't understand how much of the ignorance that I see when people get in front of these judges. How dare you think that you're going to get in front of the judge? This is in court and you can be at home. If you want to wear your pajamas, that's fine. But in my eyes, you're you're not going to wear pajamas in the courtroom. So, I mean, put on something. But in the background, if you're going to have your, if you're going to be on video, your background needs to be something clear or of a distraction. Mm-hmm. How can you be in court, but you're at the casino and we see slots in the background? <laughs> Wait, what? Time out. Time out. Yeah. Let's stop right there. So they're they in court with what else? They at the casino. Bro, they at the they, casino. I, <laughs> at the bro, table. Bro, they, bro, they at the boat at the Caesars Casino, bro, in the background. And I had to tell the guy, like, Hey, bro, you might want to turn your camera off before you get in front of the judge because I don't think he's he's going to be pleased that you're gambling. Why are you supposed to be at court? And you're going to talk to him and gamble at the same time? We're not going to do that. Or number two, you go to court and it's about your license and a judge says whatever to you and you say, oh, I just wanted to make sure I take care of this case today, but tomorrow I'll go ahead and do my license to make sure my license is cool. But your license is suspended and you're driving while you're on Zoom talking to the judge. But that's just damn stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just, just stuff stupid. like just stuff like that, guys. Like just 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 stuff like that. I want us to do better when it comes to being presentable. Um, because 
And honestly, you already know they think black people are stupid. Mm -hmm. I, I, yes. strong, stupid is a strong word, but I'm just, I just got to have it cut it like it is. So when you do things like that for people to say that you're stupid or a professional, it's kind of hard to kind of get back into good graces with how you sort of conduct yourself. So from, from, from peer to peer, everybody, when you go into job interviews, I don't care what it is, please do your best to look presentable and be respectful. That's it. it doesn't take much to be presentable and respectful. That's all I got to say. I just hate mm -hmm. seeing my people or anybody just look a certain kind of way. You ain't going to come out in public with me looking any kind of way. So I just, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. People don't get real relaxed yeah, in this, in this COVID can... thing. And I can understand, yeah, I can understand it. But at the same time, you should never lose your professionalism. Like, I would never get on a Zoom call for a job interview in absolute Michael John. Like that, I, that doesn't I make do. any sense. I ain't gonna lie, I do, but my camera won't be on. And if they ask no, that's me a different. and I'll tell them no, I've done that. Okay, but okay, that's a great topic. I know this is off the HBCU subject. Let's talk about respectability politics because I feel like that's a super important topic to talk yeah. about. Especially because I feel like we know this because we have been in different spaces as college students. I, you know. I, uh, I, in some ways, agree with you, Ron, with, you know, the professionalism, but on the other end, it's hard for me to, I guess, really be mad because a lot of people just haven't been in spaces where they understand what professionalism is in, in general. That's true. And so, like, it's hard for me to say, oh, you're not professional if they don't even know, like we've been in corporate America. We've been yeah. in, we've been in the hood, but we've also been in corporate America. So we know mm. the difference. We know how to code switch. We know what's right and what's wrong according to white people. Like, so how does that, like, it makes me look at people that are from the hood differently. Cause I'm, you know, I'm from the hood. Like I'm from Detroit, right. you know what I'm saying? Maybe my, we my, are my from the hood. Still, Every last yes, one I'm of saying, My grandma still stay in the hood. It's like, on one end, I feel like the way that we, not we, but like the way that professionalism is made is, you know, it's, it's from a systematic space. You know what I'm saying? But like, how do y'all feel about respectability politics? Like, just give me, a, a, like, you gave me your opinion, Ron, which, you know, I appreciate. Like, I don't, I don't disagree at all, but it's really an odd space for me to navigate because it's like, do they really have to act like, you know, they they don't have to act like this, no. but they don't have to go all the way on the other end of the spectrum yeah. too, because a lot of the shit that yeah. we do is for like white people, essentially. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. where Passive, is the middle ground? Shit, yeah, I feel you. No, um, I don't yeah. think it's where Ron is coming from, but the thing is though, what black people do know is how to act in a certain amount of settings. Like, yeah. I get what you're saying, baby, 120%. Like, I'm not expecting somebody, a layman, to come to court and be like, uh, good evening, Your Honor. Yes, I'm articulated yeah. at Texas State University and mm -hmm. I, I am here to offer um, you guys support. No, 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 no. But as Ron said, if your punk ass is you coming to court for a driving violation and everybody that you're talking to know your fucking license is suspended from the clerk to the judge and everybody in between know your license is suspended. <laughs> Why the fuck would you come on a Zoom meeting driving down I-64? Well, see, see, here's the thing. I done been in that situation. <laughs> That's common sense. <laughs> see, I've been you know what I'm saying? Like the judge gonna say, sir, are you fucking driving now? Are we fucking 
People are that stupid. People that's stupid. People are that stupid. I was literally in physical court in person before COVID, like a long time, like not a long time, but like five years ago. Um, and the guy before me was in there for a DUI, and he was in there drunk. The like the attorney was like, "Sir, like, are you drunk now?" Yeah, yeah. They pulled a breathalyzer out. Like, I don't know why. Like, that's a whole other topic. Like, court is probably the most entertaining shit ever, bro. Like, it's sad to go, but like, when you do go, you don't feel as bad, especially you going for some petty shit for like some traffic violation and everybody else in there for some other shit. Like, you just really feel better about yourself a little bit, too. Well, shout out to Brandon Bush, who is, I, I call educated and somebody who should know better, but he went to jail for hours because he got in the courtroom and got an attitude that called the fucking judge baby girl. And they're going to try to say, well, that's how we talk in New Orleans. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. That bitch <laughs> So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, but she threw the book at him for calling her baby girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you, what do you expect, bruh? She talking to you, you like, ha baby girl, let me tell you something. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Judge, baby oh girl, she helped me God. in contempt. Nigga, you in contempt. You ain't got no bond. <laughs> yeah, you gotta stay. <laughs> Why the fuck? What this nigga say, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> so, again, like, certain stuff, yeah, B, I understand what you're saying. Like, oh, I'm not expecting God. the person to come to the courtroom and act like they no. are in the college and they know how to present themselves in public space. Because they there for something personal. But, again, <laughs> if you stupid enough to call the judge baby girl, like, bro, you get what you get. <laughs> I'm going to name this episode baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you get, and you don't fucking throw oh a my fit. God. You, uh, oh. This is somebody educated, listener. This is somebody educated who been in school, high school grad, co- college grad. Uh, yeah. But they decided that they got an attitude with a judge and was like, baby girl. Judge ain't hear shit after she heard baby girl. <laughs> baby girl, you need to excuse me, son. <laughs> oh Who my you talking God. To? I needed that fucking laugh. I'm that shit was from fucking funny. <laughs> so uh, she was a white woman, so she definitely have a didn't have Why the fuck would he call a white woman? <laughs> baby girl. She's like, I'm far from a baby, sir. Excuse me? Because he didn't even she didn't she wouldn't get the reference. I thought he was calling a black. No, 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 no. This is no. Andrew, a Caucasian judge in Frankfort, Kentucky, baby mm, girl. Mm. Oh my god. <laughs> Magistrate oh. Kathy Manger was not playing with Brandon. What the fuck? <laughs> Sent his ass straight to jail. That's what I'm saying. That's just what I'm saying. Like we all know what to say and what to do. Yeah, that's what. That's, we, that's the that's the thing too. Everyone got common sense. Yeah. Like, come but, on now. But I just wanted to turn it on a little bit faster, just a little bit faster, and realize where where you at and what you're saying before you say it, before you do it. I'm that's the only thing that I'm saying. Pajamas is teetering the line for me, for real. Honestly, in any professional setting, like if you got on pajamas, like, hey, you better be calling off, telling like you ain't gonna make it and get the hell off the line. But uh, I mean, I would at least dress halfway up or something. You feel me? Make it look good. That's it. That's it. I, it's the basics for me. It's the basics. 
I mean, like I went to court with another person in the band room one day for a traffic ticket, and this person dressed up, and the judge even said, "I appreciate you dressing up today," because I was next to him in my jogging suit, and I was like, "Well, I'm glad you got brownie boys, but I ain't dressing the hell up and coming here for no traffic." (laughs) (laughs) And it was Antonio, Antonio Wheeler. Shout out to Antonio. But uh, yeah, he dressed up for court, and I'm sitting there on my jogging suit, and I'm like, "Well, damn." Oh, okay. He said you appreciate it. Well, good job. See that? <laughs> see, see, that? see, see. No, look. If you have, but honestly, though, we walked uh, away with the same, uh, the same motherfucking Alco. shit. So, I mean, <laughs> that's I just fine. Know how to, yes, stuff like sir, that no, is fine. Sir. A jogging suit and stuff like that is fine. But when you walk into the courtroom like you just left the club at five o'clock in the morning and your court time is at nine o'clock and you didn't change, you just want to show up to court and a mini skirt and some heels. Like, how can you expect somebody to take you seriously? I just, I don't, I don't. That's what I'm talking about. You showing up like you trying to meet your baby daddy in court. I mean, what they do? I mean, that's where the money resides, but still. Where the money resides, where the money resides. I catch her a lawyer that day. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's so sweet. All right. I love my people. I love my people to death, but going to court is fucking amazing. It is. You don't never know what you go see. It you is. don't know what you're gonna see all the way from the judge to whoever. Like we done been out of system judges who don't play no games, who will make you just just cry laughing in court, but you think that if you laugh, he gonna get your ass next. Oh, so I just made believe. Uh what's the other judge in Frankfurt? That somebody's cell phone went off, that motherfucker shut down court until they till they told on themselves. All he heard was do do do. Court's over. Like he, we sat there for like five minutes of silence, and somebody said, "Okay, it was me," because he was like, "I'm not. We're not going any further." Until somebody say who the fuck it was, because he told okay. them. And the thing was, he would cuss. He may not say fuck. But he'd be like, "I know damn well I didn't hear." A- <laughs> yeah, he was like. <laughs> I know damn well I ain't hear no cell phone after I said don't cut that shit on twice. Then my dad, I'm like, I'm going to fuck who you talking to. But it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't me. Bro, hey, for those who are Michigan, y'all know when y'all get your Michigan permits or your license, back at the, I don't know if they do it now, but back then they would give you a paper, temporary paper copy yeah, first. They still do that bullshit. Okay. I my license some reason get oh well not some reason. You know, I was a speeder back in my day, but I had got a ticket in Frankfurt and they asked me to produce my uh, license and I had a just got a new one and it was a Michigan one but it was the paper one so I got a uh, and I brought that to the judge and he said so this is it okay <laughs> I, said, I, I got a story I, just I, like I, that too I said, I said yes judge he said so this is what Michigan gives y'all I was like yes judge this is this is it well shit okay if this is what they do then okay dismiss I'm just like damn you just wrote yep. that as judge but okay 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 <laughs> he literally looked at it and said so this is it? Yeah. That's crazy because the guy at Myers told me my shit was fake. <laughs> Threw it back well, in. Well, by the time I was doing it, that's so fucking like, crazy. I'm tired of this Michigan shit. The judge Michigan accepted, but Myers know. didn't. Damn. That's because Kentucky be printing their shit all right then and there. Like, right you want there. your license? Here. Just wait and a couple of seconds. It's coming. And that'd be about as thick as a school ID, though. That's... Nationally. It ain't right. recognized nationally, and you can't fly with your shit in a couple of years because Kentucky print their shit off in your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody can do that shit. 
That's some. That's some. Uh, yeah. But you know, Michigan. The reason why it takes so long because they put on them reflectors and that background shit, so it mm-hmm. can't be um, uh, uh, counterfeited or copied or whatever. Right. Yeah, so, Kentucky. That shit come out the same machine. We get our fucking KSU IDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> legit, like for real. Like they might as well have one of those, one of those state ones on campus, so we could just get our state. You know what I'm saying? ID exactly license. On campus, there ain't no system you leaving campus if y'all gonna do, use the same fucking machine. I'll be printing. I'll print them shits off on campus. Get that shit on Amazon <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, what are you talking Hell about? Hell yeah! Fuck you, shit. It's the same shit you look like you get at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your first day at the job, <laughs> <You're so stupid>. right? <laughs> okay. That they print off. So yeah, exactly. I, I see the machine. It's the same shit I got now. <laughs> so. So, hey, but real quick, y'all. But real quick, I just want to say this, and it's, it's slightly off topic, but you just—it just really hit me. Go ahead. Um, especially with Brittany, especially with Brittany, you being been on here. Um, I wish Asia was still on here, but I just want to personally tell you guys, like all you guys, like y'all have been like real, like real, like friends, like 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 no other since the day I met you guys. And we all are so much alike in so many ways and different at the same time. But the group that's on this line, we can fill each other out without even standing next to each other. Or just like, it's just, we all know how we feel, what we're going to say, what we're going to laugh at. We all protect each other no matter what. And you and nowadays you don't find people like that that can, no. you know, that can build a bond at the beginning. And even if we don't see each other, when we do link up, it's still the same love. Like, it's never left. Mm. And I just want to say I appreciate that about everybody that's on this line because, like, y'all were a highlight and a real, like, gift of me for me when I was doing my years at K-State. And even to now, like, so I just want to say I never take something like that for granted. And when people say, give me your roses and flowers now, this is me publicly in front of everybody. I'm giving y'all y'all roses because y'all are the real deal. Y'all are real friends. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Ron. I no, I, de- I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Like, you know, they tell you like your college friends are going to be your friends for life. Like they're going to be your family. They're going to be mm-hmm. the ones in your wedding. They're going to be your, you know what I'm saying? Your, your, the, the uncles and aunts of yeah, your children. You know, mm-hmm. like, and that shit is so fucking true. Like, y'all is legit family. Like, I mean, if, I, if I saw y'all today, like, it'll be like, we never, like, we saw each other just yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, them 10 years ago was just yesterday. Like, we was just drinking just yesterday. So, like we just, no, made it just up. we're making it up right now. Yeah, we making up for lost time. Exactly. Right like, this, this ain't is, shit but a reunion. Like, so I definitely love y'all. I appreciate y'all. When I yeah. do this, we pick up where we are. Oh, let's live. I don't care <laughs> if we. Did, I mean, we hate to. We hate for it to be a year apart. But if it, it does, sometimes it comes down to it because we get busy and we'll see each other mm-hmm. at homecoming. Mm-hmm. But when I promise, that is like, it goes back to 2008 again, where I'm seeing them every single day, get my entire bags. life. It goes right there. Like we pick up where we left off. I know I have a family in these folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate it too. There was nothing like an HBCU experience. And just, you know, just to be continue this, I feel like my hyper performance was when we went to Honda because the bird walk 
but whoever came up with the bird walk of motherfucking dance routine. Hey, shout out to the dance routine, shit. bro. They understood the fucking assignment because we was bird walking in that bitch. Niggas didn't know what the fuck. In Atlanta. Say. In Atlanta. Like, we damn, these motherfuckers ain't bird walking? Watch me do my bird walk. What the fuck? What the fuck? was confused. Like, what's the small ass thing? Oh, we killed that shit. And then oh, we went into the Spankyland? Nigga, what? <laughs> all night. After that performance, nigga, every club I was in, like, we were the Bird Walk crew. Y'all knew who yes. the fuck we was. Y'all yes. saw the green and gold on the fucking field. Yes. Y'all knew who the fuck we was. Like, yes. legit. Like, that's, that was hyper field. Like, 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 everybody knew about that Bird Walk. <laughs> that shit was hype as fuck. That. that was okay. Yeah. I ain't even gonna lie. Behind the scenes, <laughs> behind the scenes, though, behind the scenes, out of all the expertise I ever had to be a part of, that's the one I hated. <laughs> like, where I, where I was talking me down, I Sam, just shut up. It's, it's Honda, no. you know, say blah, blah, blah. That big thing popping dance routine was the one for me, bro. That first one I, I like the yeah. That was the one. Hey, I felt like I was gonna make it a band, that bro. That routine was it. I love big things popping. Hey, that, that shit was hey, lit as hey. fuck. No, we needed a camera crew for that one. No, like that MTV shit was lit as fuck. That for us, but like, or BET, my no, bad. BET should have been there. That for shit, us the fact that, shit. that that was like our one of our first ones set the set the fucking tone for my whole college career. Because when we came sliding through, niggas was like, "Damn, look at it! Big things is really popping in this bitch." You know what I'm saying? Like all the sexual <laughs> big things Exactly. That shit was no. shit was hype. It was the shit do was it. Do it. Was do it. <laughs> yeah. Then we, then we, we, did, then we just jumped on the ground, spit the I'm like, oh shit. Like, oh, we getting. Like, oh, this black band <laughs> shit. Shout out to the creators of that. Shout out to the dancing team uh, committee, bro. Legit. Legit. Yeah, no, I feel like we had hottest routine. Like, because I remember we when we performed that, we had them fucking wool jogging suits. Mm-hmm. And um, every time we did a dance routine, I felt like, like by the time we got to the end of the show, like I'm saying, I think I'm about to die <laughs> because I done, I done lost every drop of water I had in my body. I used to be drenched from head to toe. Like I used to have mm-hmm. to change jackets and shit yeah. because I would be completely, I would sweat out my fucking uniform and I would get that to Elonda, my nine Davis. I mean, Vivian, um, <laughs> what's her last name? Harris. Harris. Not Harris. David. Yeah. She reminds me of my cousin, Ebony Davis, sorry. But uh, Elonda, because Elonda came up with that one. Shout out to E. E. Lolo. Yeah, shout because out to her. I left dance committee. Shout out to my sins. That's my front. Yeah, she's been oh, in dance committee. I went to high school with her. She was in dance committee in high school. Yeah, that's what she do. That's what well, she I, do. I left and I came back and I said, why are we flying all over the damn ground? Hey, that shit was. Yeah, hey, okay, so shit. okay, I got a question for Ron. That's exactly what I said, Kyle. Who the hell made that piece of feel shit, Ron? I got a question for Ron and Sam. Like, what was y'all favorite performance ever? Yeah. Okay, so these are drum majors we talking to. Let's give a little back. Oh yeah, you a drum major too, Kyle. You could be in this too. What's y'all favorite performance ever? I have. We have different ones for different seasons. So. Honorable mention goes to Honda because uh, my first year uh, performance, I like Honda. It. Just Honda let us know that we was really oh, into why because y'all don't know, and I can't believe I'm about to tell the public, but something that we laugh about all the time is that we completely 
jacked up our routine for Hanukkah. Like we did not hit the marks we were supposed to. We we were so we were doing everything else, dance routine, you know, band drill, everything else. We messed up. We put our own show on the back burner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But because we such a squad, we all messed up together at the same time every single time. Like the show went perfect, but we got done and was like, "Bruh, do you realize how much we messed up together?" Like. We were supposed to do moves. We all stood there at the same time. And then, like, we all started at the same time. Like, okay, you know, we all jacked up. We all going to start. Like, the whole Honda show literally was not a discussion. It was literally it was just going off. It was just, okay, that's my squad. I know what we about to do. Gotcha. I mean, it was. Oh, and don't forget, it. we were the first drum majors to walk out to get house, baby. The first. Yeah. Don't forget. That also, too. When, uh, so... When, uh, <laughs> at the beginning of Honda, all the drum majors, you know, we all, everybody had to lead out their own little tunnel or whatever. And our person told us to go out early. So Sam, Ron, and Maverick, in that order, came out before anybody else, and the crowd started screaming. Then they tried to get mad. You know, Sam crazy. <laughs> They'll say, go in the back. Who told you to come out? I said, they did. And I kept walking. Ron, like, Sam, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Listen, Listen, we all they know, know who y'all is. They already screaming. They don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all know how I acted at the end, but I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't listen. Uh, but at that point, they already seen us. So at that year, we were the first drum major squad that they seen, hmm. and um, the, the crowd went crazy. My That's second, my my biggest performance though in total was our first homecoming in two thousand six um, when we came out with the White Texas. Um, because that year we was actually playing Lane College and we ain't never played them before. And their drum major, he was by himself. So he came out and he was doing whatever he could to get house. He did flips, he did cartwheels, he did <laughs> you know, he was out there going. So we left during their show after we seen this interest. We went and we changed from our regular uniforms. We put on white tuxedos. And I remember Lane still being on the field and me, Ron and Maverick literally took three steps out of the field house and the school went crazy. Like we ain't even start walking yet. Like, let me tell y'all something. Ron, Ron don't get nervous. Ron don't get nervous. Ron is the cool one. But that day, I stepped, I always step out first and I'm the short one. So I stepped out, Ron grabbed me by the back of my collar and yanked me back in the field house. <laughs> said, what the fuck is going on? Like he literally snatched me up and dragged me back inside. And I had already, you know, I already I was in full drum major mode. Oh. I, I took two steps out. On my third step, my foot didn't hit the floor. This nigga gonna snatch me back. I was like, what are you doing? I'm not ready yet. I was like, Y'all, I was so I think because you know your parents and family, they don't make it to every game. Yeah. And I think I, it's because my mom and you know our that was our the first time all of my parents mom, Come. All, all of our parents was there. Even my dad, mm-hmm. rest in heaven. Yeah. Um, all our parents uh, were there, and they were all sitting together. They were all sitting together in the front row. Sweet. And um. Blanda. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was the most yeah. memorable one because before we we didn't even perform for five minutes, we literally stood there at the end of uh, uh at the field house at attention. And literally, the crowd went crazy for us. Like, they clapped. People were running, giving us high fives. People was like, they just went crazy. And this is before we even um, 
took off walking toward the 50 to start the show. So that was uh, my most memorable performance. It was Homecoming 2006. Yeah. Oh. Those, those those were those were pretty pretty memorable. But I like all the games are memorable for me, but I like games to where other drum engine other bands talk shit because y'all know I'd be ready. So yes. <laughs> I'd be ready. That's what you gotta know. <laughs> oh, I'll be ready. I get one for uh, for my squad when I was actually head drum major in two thousand nine. Okay. Um oh, my squad became my squad. Okay, they have my back finally because you know it was a lot of turmoil. <laughs> these, niggas, woo, these niggas got on my nerves. Hey, shout, out my squad. shout out to all Come on, squad. my kids. Yeah. My kids got on my nerves. But my kids, when we got to motherfucking Atlanta at Clark, I promise you, every last one of them motherfuckers, all four of them, showed up and showed out. Like everything hey, I did, they was on. And I was just so hyped. I mean, because at first I'm in Atlanta and Sam get an extra in Atlanta. So I was doing little extra head flares and little <laughs> extra flashes. I'm turning corners, doing little extra shit. And when I tell you every last one of them was on it, I was like, that's my squad. It, when we that. went to uh, Clark in 2009. That. And I, I mean, for that's real. That's my favorite like, year. That's my favorite yeah. year. I was... I like the, I mean, I mean don't get me wrong, I didn't like the done, five drum majors, but like, I did like the fact that you feel me like. First, they, they talked shit until we hit halftime. After halftime, we were signing autographs. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, but since we, real quick, since we own it, real quick, Kyle, bro, <laughs> you as a drum major, this is a silent killer. If y'all don't know what a silent killer is on the squad, it's Kyle. That, that, that man, Kyle, Kyle is more of he he wants to make sure the routines and everything is right. He's going to put in his output, and he may be kind of silent. But once he get on the field, it's like it's a different. You have a light switch that's just so different. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. Kyle be out, Kyle be out in his own in his own lane. Kyle just be mm-hmm. out, and I'll be like, period. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate it. You got this whole look, like this whole, like your everything from top to bottom, this whole element you go in your face. It says, flips. You're like, it flips. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids how to get in performance mode because the first, first they used to get mad at me because they were like, you teach us one way and then you turn up on Saturday. And I'd be like, well, bro, that's because Sam is teaching you, but explicit is performing. And when they, <laughs> when they got it, and I think it's when they came when they got their names, they got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They got it when they got it. So, Asia and Brittany, what was y'all favorite? Two two part questions. What was y'all favorite band performance, and what was y'all favorite drum major performance that you would say? Does it have to be K State related? That's what I'm about to ask too. Like when you say drum major performance, was do we got to be K State? Well, we were still talking about K State. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. About the I about say, we could talk about K State per- drum major performance and our other band perform drum major performance. Oh, okay, whatever. We could talk about K State first. Um, okay, I gotta think about it. <laughs> go, Ace, you could go. Okay, so favorite band moment, my all time favorite band moment is not for band performance, it's not, um, it's not K State related. But I do have mm-hmm. a favorite K-State. But my all-time favorite one is the Rose Bowl. Well, I was there. Um, explain, and, all right, so wait. explain that for the fans real quick. Explain that. Explain that real quick. Oh, so well, Asia, I was, I was... Ron, and I was in high school. 
Yes. Um, we were uh, fortunate enough to be a part of the Detroit Public Schools All City Marching Band, where Samuel Thompson was first chair of French horn, but that's neither here or there. Go. <laughs> plug. Go ahead. <laughs> And when I say, and when it's all city, I mean, we had 22 public school high schools at the time. So I was first yeah. child of 22 public high schools. But mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about myself. Um, right. But that's uh, okay. Let them know, Sam. <laughs> let them know. But we, we, were, uh, we were formed because uh, we were invited to the Rose Bowl because the Rose Bowl commissioner at the time, which changes from year to year, was actually uh -huh. from Detroit. And uh -huh. he wanted to give homage to his home school, and he went uh -huh. to. He was a graduate of Mumford High School, uh -huh. um, and so he wanted a band from Detroit to represent the what he knew from marching bands from when he was in high school. And this uh -huh. this was a Caucasian gentleman. He knew about the Detroit band culture at the time, and um, so Detroit Public Schools obliged, and they formed an audition only group. That um, you know, the best students from each of the high, 22 public high schools at the time auditioned for and was selected to create this um, this band. And so, um, once we were selected, we practiced throughout the summer and throughout the school year. And when See, not just the summer. <laughs> yes, and went to California. I mean, they took our half days away, like literally. Yes. Day, and then we would all get bus to King High School to practice for the rest of the half of days. Yeah. Um, but we got paid though. Yeah. We got paid, they gave us a summer job, but uh, we went and represented all these red public schools um, in the conglomerate in the mass band. And um, it was uh, definitely a mark in history. Um, we had rivals, cross town rivals and everything. Yes. All together, playing together, playing the same music. Um, we had a chance to challenge bands from Louisiana all the way through yes. to Maryland. Um, it was quite an experience, but- yes. That was a highlight in my career. They got footage. Yes. There's plenty of footage. If you we have footage, we got a CD, we got a DVD. Yeah. Like, listen, okay. we got we Red got merchandise. All city merchandise. <laughs> it is documented, okay. <laughs> DPS, DPS, ACH, SMB. Okay, because yeah. this was a question because, well, not a question, a thought I always had because. You know, when they think of HBCU bands or you think of like those type of bands, they think of down south. And, you know, I feel like Detroit, they don't really get enough recognition for, you know, our bands up here. So I always wondered, have we ever got at least, you know, like the all city band has got in front of even just at least another all city band down south? Because I know, you know, high schools, y'all do. We do high school performances. We might go down south and everything. You might see those other, ba other bands, but it's not really a it's really a field performance, not really a band versus band like i know right? but you know our ghetto i ain't gonna say ghetto but our black selves the black bands was challenging exactly yeah that's that's what i wanted to know yeah that's what i wanted to know yeah we were trying to definitely challenging the warm-up area uh before the bed parade at the mm -hmm. end of the parade. we wasn't supposed definitely to challenge but... at the um at the end of the field show too yeah, um, we wasn't supposed to, but oh, yeah. well, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I, I, Detroit, yeah, Detroit bands gonna Louisiana, Detroit wherever they go. So I'm not gonna say the high school, but we had a prestigious Louisiana high school run up on us and get done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, no, I just want to make sure y'all came there for all the smoke. That's all. That's it. But you know, again, Detroit is not record because we're not a southern place, mm -hmm. but they have to understand that. Um, and everybody does what I have learned. A lot of Detroit kids go to HBCUs and they excel mm -hmm. in the band and the music world. And so they don't 
for those who are ignorant to it, it is a surprise. But for the band directors and things of that nature who do HBCU uh, on the HB on the college level and above, mm-hmm. um, they know that um, at that time Detroit was a prime recruiting city, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. for musicians. So, yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I, I personally auditioned for at least six HBCUs without leaving the city limits for them recruiting at my high school and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So um, at that time, it was definitely um, a powerhouse. We yeah. had smaller bands because, you know, now South is part of their culture. The HBCU that they want to be in, like, is down the street, 10 minutes away. You know, mm-hmm. us, um, you know, it's a lot of, it was a lot of smaller bands or whatever. So that's why it took a, a, a cooperative of the high schools to build their all-city bands to get to the, mm-hmm. the 300-plus size that they, they're used to in the South. Um, but we did it and we did it well. Yeah, that's one thing I can't say. That's dope as hell. So that was my favorite band moment outside of K State. Yeah. yeah. Um at K State though, I would have to say it was the Honda, the year that we went to Honda. I felt like it made me feel like we were a Cinderella story. Y'all hear Zoe? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, favorite drum major performance. Hmm. I don't know, cause y'all, y'all set it out every time. Well, my favorite really drum major did. squad, my favorite <laughs> drum major squad is um Triple X. <laughs> X X X X X. But Triple X definitely uh, made a landmark, and then um, you know with NWO. I mean, they're triple X too. Because they were trying oh. NWO. The next Damn, squad. don't disrespect. Uh, <laughs> she was like, who? I said, who? Well, you know, you, okay, so I need to get over it, but you know where my bitterness come from with that, though. They trained. Oh, we get it. Oh, NWO trained just like triple X. Yeah, I know where my bitterness come from with that, but I still love you Baby, I, I'm, I'm better with you, baby. Trust me. I am. Okay, because I felt it like I, I felt transition. like I trained. It wasn't a smooth transition. <laughs> I felt like I trained my butt off. <laughs> and I wanted to be baby. up there. <laughs> and you look so good. You look so good. <laughs> I know that's why. But, um... Yeah, we for those who don't know, Asia was supposed to be a drum major. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But it's okay, because I was still in the front getting featured (laughs) with my little piccolo okay i always every time that we auditioned or it came to honda and they had our band showcase the camera was on me it's okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) before i was dm so you know i'm saying Nah, for real though, that day is kind of crazy though because every time I literally, literally, every time I make a highlight reel, that agent makes it like to either before me or after me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I made the highlight, because you know, the next time that they use the highlights from the last time, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The two, yeah, me and Asia made the highlight reel from the following time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As y'all should. As hey y'all, mm-hmm. if y'all go back now, if all of us went back now and jumped on the field, would y'all show y'all ass off? Would y'all show out? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Why not? And I still get drunk. 
I'll still okay. get drunk. No, and I'll go no out time there. out. If you go back, we showed our ass off. What is it? That's what I'm saying. I remember one I mean, time, shout out to shout out to Lloyd. I remember one time we did that fucking gala. Okay. We went in there, do, did that fucking gala in them fucking jogger suits while everybody had on these expensive ass yes. ball gowns. Yes, yes. Lloyd ass was drunk as fuck. I'm trying to calm <laughs> him down. I said, Lloyd, you need to slow down. Like, how are you this drunk? Bitch, I'm drunk too. Like, I can't help you. You know what I'm saying? We all drunk off NJ. And we went in there gushing in front of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Good. People face, rich people. In front of their dinner, bro. Confused. In front of your dinner, bro. That was, if I could say that was my most confusing performance, that had to be it. Because I didn't know he was going to go into an expensive $500 ball gown gala and be gushing in, in joking suits. I was in front so of millionaires. In front of millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the performance that Ron had to do by himself. So... I think we played this is how we do it in that bitch. What, what we did. That? We literally played this that is how we do it. That, uh... And we was we wasn't just on the stage. We was like in between tables. Like, you know what I'm saying? On yeah. the floor. It was Ooh, waitress. I was, like... <laughs> I was in contract negotiation for my scholarship. Oh yeah. And I had to tell the powers that be that well, if I'm not in school, I'm going to work. And they didn't right. believe it. So I went to work. But they all called him like, where you at? I, I told, I said you didn't miss that I'm going to work. Exactly. Nobody cut no check. We didn't miss that. Somebody had to pay the school if you ain't. Right. It wasn't no check mm-hmm. cut. Listen, that needs to be another topic because I know so, every man fans with it. But I will say mm-hmm. that. That's true. I, I literally got phone calls while I was there because people actually had came to see me. Um and um <laughs> and I was not there and um that one of those people being Mary Evans Cyrus. Um, oh, she was looking for y'all. So mm-hmm. let's just say that after that performance, uh, my school bills were handled. That's that's one thing. Yep. That's one thing about HBCUs, bro. Like if you. You build your name up on campus in some form of way and everything, like, and they don't see you, or they like, hey, where's such and such? Yeah, there's a problem, bro. Mm-hmm. Your, teach, day, your teachers get you back in school, influence. your counselor, the president. Yeah. Because I'm a humble person, even to this day, I didn't realize the influence I had with the position that I had. It still kind of shocks me. But um, that was one of the times I did realize. Uh, and then, like, the second time I realized that it was homecoming. And um, it was like my first or second homecoming. Just right and, um, I got tired. It was the end of the game. Um, and I was just waiting for my parents to come pick me up so I could go home, take that good nap, and get mm-hmm. that fresh shower before the step show happened. And um, I was on, uh, I was in front of Betty White and I was sitting on the benches. And I got up and I was tired. And Dr. Sayer said, Sam, she yelled from her office. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I said, hey, Dr. Sayer. She said, you okay, boy? And I'm like, yeah, she said, because you've been tearing it up for like four, five days now. She was like, I know it's home. That sounds like her. Um, Definitely. She said, make sure you pace yourself. I was like, Dr. Sire said, well, I got a job to do. I know. But you know homecoming. We, we perform at least 10 times before we get a break. Yeah, <laughs> all day. Okay, starting mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So she was like, no, for real. You should say, tell, tell Mr. Bailey to give y'all a break. Because you're mm-hmm. tight. Period. Because he, he, you know how shit, he get. That, shit, that machine. That nigga don't stop. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, you know all. who would be a great person to have on the show if y'all haven't already featured him? It's Pat. Pat would be a great person to have uh, on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Easy. yes, we'll definitely get him on here. I don't think Pat realized how influential he is at case. Like he was Mr. Cashew, he was drum major. He was, he was major. top notch. Like he was. Um, that's somebody that um, the smoothest nigga you'll ever meet. He too smooth. He's literally he too smooth. He's the he's the perfect. He literally picked the perfect um structure of what a Mr. Cashew or a Mr. is supposed yes. to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Say that. Which led him yeah, to me. Uh-huh. I mean, Pat just did his thing, and and, and and I respect him the most because Pat did his thing on his own. Mm-hmm. He wasn't mm-hmm. uh, somebody who was boosted or put in front to be somebody else. His yeah, that, peer pressure, he was always peer pressure never affected him. Peer pressure was never affected yeah. him. Yeah, he was always humble. I, I never wanted to be Mr. KSU because that ain't me. I'm not. I'm not Mr. Cashew material. I'm not social. I'm not the one that you want to. Um, I'm not good in every environment um, because of. <laughs> um, I I know my ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you call it. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, right, all, right. And um, the, you know, and that that world is very political, and is um, very uh, public, and everything you do is ostracized. Same thing it was as a drum major, and once I became a drum major and I realized how public and ostracized I was, like, guys, I couldn't go to the gas station and buy a beer. Like, say, for instance, if I had a hard final and then, and I wanted a beer in the middle of that, I went to the gas station, bought a beer at 12 noon, at 12.30, um, the, the band director was calling me, asking me why I'm buying beer at noon. Yeah, because that means something. That, that's an image. Yeah, because motherfuckers watching you. You're a celebrity. Exactly. <laughs> So once I got to that level, I never want, mm-hmm. I never expired or had it in my heart to do something such as Mr. KSU. Even though drum major Mr. KSU, when you're in those spots where very few people can get, get can get to, and you're put on that platform and you're getting to, under that microscope, you know, is is very hard to deal with. I didn't like it. That's a, if out of everything, I didn't like that aspect of being a drum major because I'm usually outside of that a very private person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I never had any aspirations of being a Mr. Freshman, sophomore, senior, um, or Mr. KSU. Even though I probably had that influence, it could have done it and did a great job. I think uh, my ministry and the role and the path to pay for me was absolutely correct. I was able to be that leader and speak when I needed to in the realm that I did, but I did not want to represent the entire student body. I didn't right. want to do that's not something I ordered a freshman class or a sophomore class or something like that. Mm-hmm. I had no SGA aspirations. Uh, even, you know, I've been approached, I've been asked, but that's not something that I um, ever wanted to do or get into because I felt like the people who wanted to and needed to, that was their mind and that was their ministry. Um, so a shout out to Pat. Um, you know, he was able to handle that SGA life. He definitely handled the band life. He was a respectable person. Um, and and everything came off of how he treated people and what he did on his day-to-day life. Definitely, definitely. My favorite line person- about him is, boy, you a genius. He always yes. said that. He's a personification <laughs> of positivity. And um, and yeah. Okay. And, this, and smooth and laid back with it, too. Like, we said all this stuff about Pat, and you think we're talking about you know, Stephen Q. Urkel. No. <laughs> we talk about one of the smoothest dudes on campus. You want to no, see him come. Yeah. 
legit. And one of the most humble too. Yeah. Very. So uh here's another question that's not HBC related. Uh so what TV shows or what y'all watching, what music y'all listening to? Anything? Anything new? Anything interesting? Um, I've been watching the Upshaws with Mike Epps. Me too. Mike I've Epps, been... one of the sites, and uh, Tootie. From What's the that on? And Regine. Netflix. Okay. It's on Netflix. We'll check it out. Um, I, I don't know if y'all watched the South Side. That's on HBO now. It used to be on Comedy Central. Okay. That shit funny as fuck. Um, and The Godfather of Harlem. On epics. Yeah, that's yeah. That shit is good as fuck. That shit is bomb. Man, um, I, uh, I don't know where I've been the last three years, but this year I just got hit to snowfall. Only yeah, watch season oh, three. Yes. Back and catch up on one and two. Shout out to Franklin, my nigga Jordan. Jordan oh. is the drum major who came in under me, and he's actually was the one who. Who uh who was our bridge from our era to what we got going on now? Um, he's up and trained the current sec the current members and the drum major section and stuff like that. I'm proud to be a part uh, of this. Shout out to Jordan because I remember one time me and Kita. Shout out to Kita. We stole this man car from Hick and drove that bitch on a fucking practice field while this nigga was performing. Okay, I mean we was legitimately driving his car on the practice field and he was performing as drum major. And his ass was so fucking mad, but shout out to him. Like, during yeah. those clubs. Yeah, because uh, I, he, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah he, knew, he knew he had to stay in performance mode. That's mm-hmm. all we can say about that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Any other shows y'all watching? Anything? Movies? Uh, um, music? I want to uh, see that new Saw movie that got Chris Rock in it. I think it just came out like yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it's at the movie movies. I thought it was gonna come on HBO Max, but I want to see that. It was. I think it's an ex- an extension of the Saw movies. Yeah, I kept seeing a lot of promotion for that. I didn't know when it came out. So yeah. Well, thank you for warning me because I ain't watching the devil. <laughs> <laughs> nope, my spiritual side say it's the devil. <laughs> Asia, what you whipping up? Right. right. I'm what up. over here cooking. What you cooking? I'm about to make some catfish nuggets and I got some spaghetti. Okay. Oh, That's some black ass shit. Catfish That's nuggets beautiful. is the blackest shit that I've ever fucking heard. Because <laughs> when I said catfish nuggets to white people, they like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right, just cut it up in little pieces and fry it. Exactly. Like it's not that hard of a concept. They, they must not be from Detroit. Let me tell you something. You just Detroit ain't stick a toothpick in it. That's all it is. <laughs> Zoe is going in, y'all. She U-Bi really U-Bi is. Oh, Zoe. The you buy we fry stores. You hear exactly. Me? Let me get a catfish nugget. Let me get some fries and some cheese sticks on the side, boy. <laughs> that shit sounds good right now, for real. I ain't even gonna lie. Well, I've been on the... Um, right, what y'all been on in the kitchen? Yeah, that's what I was like. What y'all cooking? Well, I'm on a holistic journey of trying to. Uh, well, I will. Well, y'all can't see me, so I lost 62 pounds. Okay. <gasps> Congratulations to you. Okay, let's see. Okay. What? We over here standing up for the people that can't see. Let these hoes know. Okay. I'm not. I'm not dealing with you right now. Like. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying so. I'm, I'm Why are you fucking let these hoes know? 62 
two pounds. That's an accomplishment right there. That Congratulations is. to you. So what are you doing? I'm 20 pounds from my DM size. So y'all get ready at home coming because it's going in October. And all the ones who young and dumb, I think they talking shit. I got collagen for my knees. I got vitamin D for my energy. And I'm coming for you. Damn it. I got my supplements and my size. Boom. This, this sounds personal. Okay, you know, so what, yeah. what did you do? Like, what was your? I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I don't know, what he, I don't know who he coming for. Cause like, I just came to chill. Just like, said. you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody wants to come be goats individually, but when you go as a squad, that's a whole different thing. And that's all I'm gonna say. Cause my squad was goats, as period, and they stand alone. You know, I don't have to be with Ryan for Ryan to be the goat. I don't have to be with Maverick for Maverick to be the goat. And they don't have to be with me for me to be the go. And that's you know what? You, I'm ready to take offering. I can't. I can't right now. Can we do offering, please? I'll be here. <laughs> yeah, it everybody dropped our cash apps right now. My cash app is rolling in the city. Because y'all better pray. You better pray. I'm just saying, you know, you know, people like to talk shit, but everybody, everybody, let me stop. Everybody past, present, and the future is gauging themselves. Off of X, X, and X, and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> they going, they going in. You, you going in? They, I'm telling you, I, I, you know, we so professional. I, I love, but, it. you know, <laughs> I, I'm just talking. Right. I, I love my squad today. I love my squad today. I love everybody who uh, paves the way for me, and I love everybody who is came after me, and I see an extension of myself in them. You know, there's no, there's moves I made up that they're still doing, and I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it, this is a hard opportunity to join HBCU drum major, but once you're in, you're in it for life. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to everybody who has been um, chosen to lead their band program. Mm-hmm. Um, all band programs. Because uh, we, uh, you know, it's levels to this. And uh, when you, once you get in that upper room, you really know how hard it is. It, it's very political. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's hard living as a teenage student or early 20s student under the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You're learning and you're still making mistakes and you're held to a, a different standard than your peers. And um, and a lot of times you don't understand why. But, you know, we we grown, you know, we're in our 30s now and hindsight is 2020. But when you're living that life, you just don't, some things you just don't understand. But right. We're gonna have to get some uh we're gonna get some other HBCU, you feel me, even students and even band people in here to get some comparison, even just talk about that because like, you know, like I said, it is a different world, different environment, different atmosphere that you get when you when you just walk into it day one. You feel it from like not even orientation from the uh what's that, the open house that you go to. You feel like, Oh yeah, I'm coming to this fucking school. <laughs> like they just really cut the hell up today, bro. No, nah, for real. There's nothing like leading uh, 100 to 200 of your peers on a daily basis. Well, all cultures, all attitudes, from the hood all the way from private school and everything in between. You know what I'm saying? You got people who, if you check them, they want to shut up. They just want to square up with you at any moment. <laughs> and then you got the ones that you check who will ball, will just start crying and think you're trying to hate and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And everything in between. So. Mm-hmm. There was nothing like that experience, um, and I and I would never. I, I hold the person who chose me, and as much regard as I do my father, because that experience has literally changed the trajectory of my life, and um, 
and the opportunities that I've been been ha- been able to have and hold mm-hmm. since I've been able to hold that position. And you'll get that on a lot. Shout of out to Bailey. Yeah, you'll get that on a lot of HBCU campuses. <clears throat> you be your coach, your band director, your counselor, uh, the school. Mm-hmm. Band. It can be anybody. Like you'll get a lot. Of I remember one alumni. Time in my head, act like this is you know, my first, my very first official homecoming when I came back. I didn't do anything. I didn't do the band. I um, I actually missed homecoming. The game because I was so toe up. It was nothing personal. It was <laughs> I was toe up. It was my first homecoming, not being in the band. And um, I went to the parties that evening, and I literally got cussed out from alumni as old as from 1960 to the current. They said, "I don't know what the fuck you thought. We saw Ron at Maverick, and we didn't see you. Then you gonna bring your punk ass to this party?" <laughs> <laughs> They was that's like influence. For that's real. influence for sure. I got pulled to the side. I got pulled to the side at the um at Capitol Plaza. Look at and I had a heart to heart with like three alumni that I don't I can't even remember their name. But they literally said, you know, you held that position and I know that sometimes you get tired, but when we call the homecoming, we need to see you because you're a part of that experience for me. You know, so um even that's when I learned that, you know what, I'm not off duty. When I come to Kentucky State, I'm on duty. And I need to, it's part of the responsibility. Gotcha. It's part of the responsibility. So, uh, with that being said, hey, with that Holly. being said, and my niece popping up in the, in the camera. Oh, she pointed okay. to Hey, Zoe. Yes, Uncle Sam. You know Zoe on payroll, right? She on the staff. <laughs> okay. Like she gonna but, uh, my okay. Baby, the baby merch. That is a wonderful day. That is a, is a wonderful way to, to close out the show. So right. mm-hmm. our future thoroughbred has hit, has made a scene. Has hit mm-hmm. the scene. She's an HBCU baby. <laughs> you know, her mama was in the band playing piccolo, process of raise and shit, while her daddy was mm-hmm. on the basketball floor number twelve. <laughs> You know, oh. I remember back in the day when Asia was yelling 12. And I was like, who the fuck is 12, <laughs> What? Who the, who, who's this man you screaming for that you went clear through me? <laughs> and Asia was my little sister since Detroit. If y'all, if y'all listen, y'all should know. So I had to have to all of them. Yeah. But yeah, before we get out of here, uh, any shout outs, uh, Brittany, you want to give? Uh, I don't think I got any shout outs this week. Uh, shout out to Hampton University since we uh, hey, the of the week. on the coast. Uh, so yeah, Brittany, you got any shout outs at all? Anything you doing? Nah. Any businesses that you working with? Any, any like, come on, anything? Any black I mean, I always, I would always like shout related? out. I would always shout out the city. You know hey. what I'm saying? Shout out to Detroit because we all from the city. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to DPS because we all was, you know, made from DPS, Trey Public Schools. You know what I'm saying? Shout okay, out. All, okay. And, and all of us, we, are we from the actual city? Like, right. We like, born from in the, the city limits. Okay. Like, literally. <laughs> we got literally. Hustle Hospital. Something right here. Let's go. Right. I was great. And I don't know. But yeah, yeah for real. Your hospital, I don't know. <laughs> Like I told y'all <laughs> earlier in this show, I was born in Virginia, but I was raised in Detroit. West Side. You you you, you a Detroit native. That's all yeah, that yeah. matters. Right. That is all that matter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I spent equal time in each state before I moved to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then, all right, if nothing else, um, just make sure y'all share, stream, and subscribe to the podcast. And if nothing else, we'll check out. We'll see you on the next episode. Yeah. Check out be Don't be a stranger. Come back. Like, of course. Of course. Thank y'all Brady, so much. we love you, baby. Yeah, my baby. daughter. I love y'all, I love too. You. Oh, my God. I love y'all so much. Y'all the fans. Y'all the fans. <laughs>